You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. Not gonna I lie, we were just making bird sounds. I was getting really emotional <laughs> yesterday. Got got really emotional about anything in particular, or just like basketball. In general? It was just general basketball uh, emotions. Yeah, I was in a was glass case because, of emotions without the be- glass case. <laughs> was it because Duke <laughs> lost and North Carolina won? No. Was it because <laughs> after beating? Arizona on Thursday, Wazoo lost to Arizona State on Saturday. Yes, that that was pretty bad. Mm. That, or was that it was emotional related to the high school basketball games you were broadcasting? Yeah, that was it. Okay, that was it. It was related to that. Ugh. Thankfully, I think the level of expectations, as we were talking about it coming here today, the level of expectations for this season, I think most of the kids handled the season come to an end much better than I ever would have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that made it a little easier. Like when the game actually ended. Yeah. Also but, the way they cleared the court really fast. So you couldn't see who was crying and who wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> regional round. Um, I guess they do that at state too. <laughs> no, let's like, blame the regional. round. Yeah. That was dude. <laughs> Thanks a lot. W I A A. That was flame throwing on my broadcast. <laughs> I had you laughing pretty good. on. Well, that. you were doing the, <laughs> I guess I have to do these W I A A ad reads that they gave me and said that I have to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I may have done that with like the W I A officials, like right in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, funny. And then just torching the regional round in general. But. Yeah. Well, it's stupid, so yeah. it deserves to be torched. Absolutely. If it takes five minutes to explain the structure of your 16-team tournament, yeah. it's too difficult. It's too complicated. Exactly. Whereas it used to be, hey, double elimination tournament, but once you lose, you can't win first. Yeah. That's pretty easy to pretty explain. Pretty simple. Yeah. yeah. Instead of, okay, so what you have here is you have your top eight and your bottom eight, and the top eight, the top four of the bottom eight plays, or wait, the top four plays the bottom four of the top eight. Elimination. And, the, yeah. and the, those are the, and then you get to the, and these teams get a buy. Trying to explain Golly. to my father in law, who, and, you know, grew up playing basketball in Willapa right. Valley. And knowing what the state tournament used to be and then following high school sports for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Was like, well, I thought you would you just go to state and it's in Yakima and it's a 16-team double elimination tournament. And I was like, no, you actually have to play an elimination game. And he's like, well, what if they win? And I was like, then they have to play another Not- <laughs> elimination game. But they go to Yakima to play the elimination yeah. game. And he was like, wait, I thought if they went to Yakima, they're part of the double elimination tournament. And I was like, no. Nope. <laughs> that would make too much sense. Exactly. Every year and every year we have to explain it to people Yeah. because every year we have these fairly involved sports fans yeah. who can't keep track of it because it's not easy to keep track of. Yeah. And is it random rotating seeds based on your district or is it based on the RPI or is it a seating committee? I've actually had over the last few years, we've had 
arguments with people yeah. about whether or not the RPI is what determines playoff seating in these sports. And I'm like, no, like they shifted to all sports being decided by a seating committee. Yep. And I've had people who you think would know <laughs> still telling me, no, no, no. I've been told it goes by the RPI. Yeah. And that's not the case. Not true. Not the case. The RPI is just a glorified ad for dairy farmers of Washington or whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. One of those sponsors I had to read yeah. in my mandated announcements for doing a state broadcast. Thank you, Dairy Farmers of Washington. Yeah. Someone should let the Dairy Farmers of Washington know that they're supporting a terrible uh, tournament system. Exactly. Hmm. I. You know what? Maybe that's the way we get the WIA to change is we go after their sponsors. We you talk to the Dairy Farmers of Washington. Talk, yeah, you, you And we say, hey, you guys are sponsoring a stupid tournament. <laughs> Pull your funding unless they change it. You think you're supporting <laughs> high school sports? You're supporting the demise of oh, high school sports. Snap. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm Justin Domashevitz. <laughs> That's Daniel. Daniel Hargrove, our trusty producer, Andrew Gross, here with us as well. This is The Scrimmage, and we are brought to you by Spivey Realty Group and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. No relation. What's the A stand for? Who's that was, Peyton? That was I a don't mouthful. Know. Yeah. What's the lot. J stand for? Is that Peyton's middle name or your middle name? Peyton's middle name. Okay. J. What's your middle initial? D. D. Yeah. Yeah, I think I know it, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Never mind. Dontrell. Yeah, that's it. Dontrell Willis. It's Demarcus, actually. Demarcus Sean. Yeah. Fudge. Should Sorry. we get it going with? <laughs> should we get? Should should we? Should we get it going with the two, two minute drill? Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Hurry up! Hurry! 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 Hey, two minute situation. Forty four seconds. Hand the ball. Gun do right, gun do right. Three jet buck guy, don't worry. Three. The two-minute drill starts now. Tutty. Some stuff happened with the Mariners this week. Daniel, what are the highlights for those of us who didn't pay attention to any of it? Well, Ty France hit a double, Mitch Hanniger hit a dinger, and Ty France got beaten. Nice. All those things are predictable. Yeah. Young guys did young guy things in the second game of spring training. Jonathan Classe is a name to keep track of for a couple years down the road. As is Cole Young, everything else seems to be fairly what you would expect. His name is Class A? Jonathan Class A. So, like, he'll never get to double A because he'll always be <laughs> Class A? No? No. <laughs> okay. Hopefully not. Dookie basketball star Kyle Flipowski was injured in a court-storming incident. Oh, no. On Saturday after the Blue Devils lost at Wake Forest. Talk about... Two terrible mascots in that one. The Blue Devils and the Demon Deacons. What even is going on here? Surprised everybody Uh, didn't get injured. Satanism. Yeah. (laughs) Justin, this is the third major court storming incident this season. Is it really? Yeah. Involving a prominent college hooper? How bad is this injury? What should be done to fix this issue, if anything? Well, I can't say the severity of the injury. I know it's a knee injury, and he was seen with ice on his knee in the post-game press conference. Oh. What I can say is... Stop storming the court over every stupid little game. Like, court storming, I'm not saying it doesn't have a place in the game. Right. But it needs to be for something really cool. Yes. Like, Wake Forest is actually pretty good. Oh, they should be They don't be need to be the storming court. the court when they p- beat number eight Duke. They beat Duke last year! Yeah. This isn't like a team that they don't ever beat and they finally beat them. They beat them last year when they were ranked 14. They beat them this year when they were ranked eight. Stop acting like you never do this stuff. Storm the court when you're an unranked team that beats a number one. 
and you're never supposed to win that game, and like it's something great and his like historically great for your program, then you storm the court. But how about this? Let the opposing team have four seconds to get off the court before you storm. Wake Forest had people at the free throw line from the stands before the clock hit zeros. It's gotten ridiculous. Calm yourselves, people. I'm calm now. More Cody, on that later. Cody Bellinger has agreed to a three-year, $80 million contract with the Chicago Cubs. Daniel, are there any free agents left out there for the Mariners to sign just before the season? There are. Blake Snell? Blake Snell's still out there, but I don't think that's going to happen, which is a bummer because he's a Seattle guy. Northwest guy. Northwest guy. <laughs> um, there's also Matt Chapman, but the more I think about Matt Chapman the more I don't want them to put all the eggs in his basket. I don't like his basket. There's How holes many in eggs his... can you fit in it? Well, they might fall out because there's holes in it. Oh. Washington State men's <laughs> basket. So there, are, there aren't any. There's okay. no free agents that I want them to sign. There are a couple out there, but I think they should roll with what they got. And then when we get, hopefully the team performs well enough at the trade deadline to then go get somebody who we actually want, not just, ah, Matt Chapman's the best person available, but at the deadline, go get who we actually need. 54%. Yeah, shut up. Washington State's men's basketball team beat fourth-ranked Arizona 77-74 on Thursday night. It was number 21 WSU's first win while ranked since the 2007-2008 season. That was the year I before I got to college. Everything was great then. <laughs> After, not so good. And the Cougars' first season sweep of the Wildcats since the 09-10 season. WCU then lost on Saturday to Arizona State, those dang devils again, a mediocre Pac-12 team. Justin, what do you make of the Cougs this season, and how far can they go? And this long question. I'm going <laughs> to... That I made longer. Sorry about the long question. It was my fault. I'm going to set aside this hangover Saturday loss to Arizona State because this stuff happens, man. You have an emotional win against a top opponent, and it happens. Like, you have hangover losses sometimes. I'm going to set it aside. The Cougs have been great. They're still going to be ranked when the polls come out tomorrow. And I'm going to say, I think this is like a Sweet 16 to Elite 8 caliber team if they perform at their ceiling. I will tell you right now, if you can compete with Arizona, there is not a single team in the nation you cannot compete with. Coog fans, Coog fans should get their hopes up for what this team is capable of. You, you do realize that the Beavers swept the Arizona schools this year in, in, a, in a trip. Like, they beat oh, yeah. both Arizona and Arizona State. Well, so the Beavers can compete with anyone in the nation. Let's go. Let's get them in the tournament. Well, transitive law would tell you yes. <laughs> but beating a team that's ranked in the top five twice in a season. Here, yeah. The the thing is, is basketball's weird and random stuff happens. Yeah. Like the Beavers beating Arizona. Basketball's weird and weird things happen. The Cougars beat Arizona and then lose to Arizona State. Mm -hmm. Weird stuff happens. And a super late night Thursday game also because that game ended at like 1030. Ugh. And then they played again on Saturday. Ugh. So like it's Back a quick turn after dark. After yeah. dark. <laughs> I think the Cougs are good, man. Like yeah. their, their post is is awesome. Nerd ball. And he shoots from really awkward angles that makes it hard to contest his shots. Uh, they have a, a guard, like a 6'8 guard named Wells, who I think usually averages like 11 points a game, but was knocking down threes like crazy. Their best player, actually. Is he related to Bonzi? 
I don't remember Bonzi so. Wells. <laughs> yeah, I do. Old Blazers player. Yeah, part of the Jail Blazers. Supposed crew? to be one of the best players ever, and was super disappointing. Uh, but they have another guy. <laughs> I think his last name's Rice, and he averages like 16 points a season. He was terrible at at Arizona. He was like two for 12 shooting, and and had four points in the game, and they still won. Like this is a team. Like it's a good team. It's a well constructed, well rounded team, who, which has talent. And is capable of competing. I'm not saying they're going to get to the Sweet Sticks Sticks to team. The, the Sweet Sticks team? But like you said, Daniel, weird stuff happens in basketball. They yes. can get upset early. All the teams can get upset early. Absolutely. But I wouldn't be surprised at all to see this Wazoo team end up with like a five seed, four seed, five seed. If they do well, they win out in conference and then they have a really good showing in the conference tournament. How How is a good showing? Do they need to get to the title game or can they lose in the semifinal? I think, no, I think they need to get to the title game. Okay, but they don't because have to not, win it. There aren't enough good teams. Like, they could get to the title game and lose to Arizona. I think they're still no, they in couldn't. the... They own Arizona. <laughs> True. But I would say I would say at that point, like they've proven so much, like we are so clearly the second best team in the Pac twelve. Mm-hmm. We beat the best team in the Pac twelve twice. Yep. That at that point So they might be the best team in the Pac twelve. Well, they could be, except <laughs> that Arizona's really good. Yeah. And they beat Duke, which like we joke all the time about uh, Alabama in football. That if you beat Alabama, you're you're golden. Right. Like, and, and even well, in perception, no, if you beat Alabama, it was a quality loss and therefore counts towards Alabama getting into the right. college football playoff because Alabama only lost to someone who beat Alabama. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the way the media treats Duke. So when you're Arizona Andrew, nice and you hat. beat Duke, you, you can ultimately do no wrong. Nice hat, so. Daniel. <laughs> Andrew I, and I, I have, have the same hats. I have yeah. a few questions because I am all of a sudden paying attention to basketball far ahead of schedule. It's February, not March. Because uh, of the Cougs. Yes, yes, because the Cougars are playing well. Can we put paying attention in quotes? Can we just say Googs instead I've, of go Cougs? Justin, I have watched two basketball games you so far this that. year. You stopped that. No, you didn't. I don't believe you. I did. My wife, my wife is backing me up. Hannah's confirmed. And terrible. <laughs> she says it's terrible. Anyway, I don't have to do that anymore because spring training has started. Yes. But uh, I want to know a few things. Is it possible that a letdown, like kind of a predictable letdown loss like this could help? Is that a thing that could help a basketball team get better towards the end of a season? Hmm. Can I can I paint with that like rosy? I could. I paint with rosy brushes like that all the time. <laughs> so I is does this that loss sense? was actually good for us guys. And the other the other question I have is, are we going to lose our coach? Oh probably, yeah, probably. Is yeah. that is that going to be like? Can or do we expect him to move on? I don't know the call it the basketball landscape well enough to. It's a lot like the football landscape. And I also don't know. I honestly know nothing about. It's Kyle Smith, right? Yeah. I know nothing nothing about him. And right? it's That's not the, most the Ky- generic name in the it's, history of the world. It's not the Kyle Smith that. I played basketball with growing up. Different Kyle Smith. Oh, Older weird. brother of Cole Smith. Weird that there's two of them. Sons <laughs> and brothers to Mackenzie Smith. Wow. There's kids, a lot of Smiths out there. Kids of Dave Smith, Whoa. who used to be my pharmacist, <laughs> and also played AAA baseball. Have you had enough facts about the Smiths yet? I can give you more. These All three of them went on to do track. Actually, they also had another daughter. What was her name? Morgan Smith. 
Are you just trying All to four of them. people who might be interested in talking yeah. to Kyle Smith for about for about coaching jobs? Yeah. Like Wait, Good there's so many Smiths. Yep. <laughs> All four of those Smiths, by the way, the four kids, collegiate trackletes. Track trackletes? Trackletes? I, I think that <laughs> considering one of them was also a collegiate football elite. They were talking about on the broadcast how one of these guys who's a huge contributor to Wazoo is a D2 transfer. One of them's one of them came through JUCO. Another like, came from the University of Idaho. Well, I think that was the guy who came from D2 to Idaho to Oh. Or or JUCO to Idaho to Wazoo. Okay. He came for like what that was one of them. And that's the big post guy who's is it Jones? I Isaac Jones or something like that. I don't know the names. Not one of those Smiths. But the Jones instead. Um, so, like, they've kind of gotten guys through unconventional ways, and then right. those guys have become really good and super productive. Newly conventional ways. And those are the kind of things that teams look at with coaches. Like, hey, look at what a great job you did developing these players and overperforming at a non-traditional basketball school with a roster that nobody really expected to be good. So, yeah. Like, there's – and consider – I mean, magnified, obviously, by the state of the – Pac-12 conference, which is that it's about to yeah. most likely somewhat not exist, although it's confusing about well, what's going to happen going forward. It's yeah, it's going to exist because it's worth more existing than not existing, well, but it's it, definitely going to change the look. Well, it's going to exist, but the football, the playoff football committee has already told you it doesn't matter anymore because they've decided that the uh, 12-team playoff is going to be a 5-7 format. So what's they're saying five, it's seven? a power... What the a heck is a 5-7 format? Power 5 conferences or whatever, and they're leaving the Pac-12 out. So, they're so saying like, they're saying that there are power conferences. conferences. There are power conferences, and all the power conferences will get an automatic buy into the playoff, but not the Pac-12, because they're a joke now. Wait, wait. But who are the other... Who are the power conferences, then? Oh, uh, there's the SEC. Okay. That's it. All right, that makes sense. But if it's SEC, ACC, Big Twelve, Big Ten, that's four. Yes. So how can you have a five-seven? Is it pack? Is it is the Big East still a thing? No, the power. If someone says Power Five, they're talking about Pac twelve. Pac twelve. They probably are saying P five, and without thinking about it, if they if they're so they're just saying it because that's what they've always said, and then they haven't changed it to P four yet. Yes. You know that's what? My, that's my understanding, at least. They're, I don't. I, I don't believe that there's another power conference that they are saying. Oh, this is the new fifth power conference. I often get annoyed with stuff Brock Heward says, <laughs> but the Enjoy fact the club buddy. But the fact he was right on when he talked about if the Pac-12 had just survived one more year. Dude, they could have had three plus teams in the pack. If there was a twelve-team playoff, the Pac-12 could have had three plus teams in the playoff this year. They might have had four. If the Pac-12 they could have had- would have signed a media deal with Apple, they would be ahead of the other teams with regards to building a streaming services. Yeah, I mean, and and think about the relevance in the playoff here. What they're doing. Think of all of the teams that would have deserved to be in a in a twelve team playoff. You obviously have Oregon and UW. Oregon State would have been right in there because guess what? They would have wouldn't have melted at the end of the year because their coach wouldn't have pieced out. And then maybe 
another wild card team, but they would have had at least three worthy teams to get into a twelve team playoff. Do you want to do you want to know the uh, idea behind the five <sighs> the five seven format? Yeah, I'm a, I'm assuming it's as about as stupid as a sixteen team tournament that we can't explain in under a minute. So, from what I understand here, the initial idea was power five conferences, and then whatever is the next highest rated conference okay. gets an automatic bid as well. But now they're saying there are four power conferences. Okay. So the four power conferences will get the top four bids. Okay. And the fit the conference champion of the fifth highest rated quote unquote fifth highest rated conference will get the fifth bid. So there's okay. five automatic bids to champions of conferences, but this was necessitated by the implosion of the Pac twelve. So like they would have had power five and then like they kind of do this with whatever the best group of five team is. Right. Right. So you're kind of like the six. They'll yeah. throw that in. So now they've shrunk it down to four. And then from group of five or Pac-12, you get another conference champion, depending on what the Pac-12 ends up looking like. But they wanted to do that in part because it expands the field of at-large teams to seven mm-hmm. from six, which means you're no longer locked into having that extra conference champion in there. Right. So it is a result of the implosion of the Pac-12, but it's not saying there are a power five. There's only a power four. That makes sense. Yeah. And to your question, Andrew, unless Kyle Smith loves weird enough. I guess that's what I was, I was wondering. That's the thing is Dickert staying so far. If you're staying past this year, I gotta assume you, that he had some sort of opportunity. You either want to stay, you either or you want had us to no stay, or you exactly. <laughs> if you're staying past this year, this is the best time to get out. As much as I hate, as much as I dislike Jonathan Smith, now this was the most obvious time for him to leave. Yeah. So if you have a coach stay after this season, then either you didn't have the opportunity to leave, or he loves it. Yeah. So that's that's the thing is if he loves it and that's the thing I I get that you're not a power conference coach anymore but you will not find a place as passionate as Pullman about their programs when they're doing well. Yeah. I'm I'm as a Beaver fan, I'm going to say Corvallis is even under that. Like I will recognize that my alma mater is even more passionate than Beaver Nation. Like, Go Cougs is a catchphrase that I have never heard. Like, I wear beaver gear constantly. Nobody ever sees me wearing beaver gear and goes, Go Beavs. I wear a cougar hat once, and people, no matter where I'm at, I wore a cougar hat in Hawaii once. Someone was like, Hey, Go go Cougs. Like, it's, it's a different level. So, if he enjoys that as much as he does, as you could assume, then he might stay. If he wants to go anywhere else, he's going to have an opportunity. That's I was kind of wondering if either of you guys knew enough about him because maybe you were paying more attention to basketball to begin with to no, know whether. But the Cougs, the last time the Cougs had a good basketball team, they lost their co- their coach, and he's still coaching really boring basketball to watch in Virginia. And I mean, good but boring. They scored 16 points in the first half on Saturday against North Carolina. Ugh. How much did? North Carolina score in that half. I want to say it was twenty six to sixteen at halftime. Okay. Yeah, so they didn't score much either. <laughs> but, but it's I, it's bad basketball. <laughs> like it's not fun to watch at all. It's not fun basketball. Yeah, 
I would disagree with the bad basketball. Because, is well, it like football where uh, it's like, oh, there's not enough scoring. It's bad football. It's yes, like, well, no, no, this is the first time no, you've because seen good defense played all year. Andrew, no. you are correct. No. <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> you are correct. Because Justin is not a fan no. of this. Well, Justin's not a no. basketball fan. He's a... He's a basketball That's, scoring fan. No, Justin is a basketball fan. Oh. But he doesn't recognize defensive basketball That's not as a true. good basketball. There's fun defense to watch, <laughs> and there's boring defense to watch. <laughs> fun defense to watch forces See, turnovers. Notice the to watch part, Andrew. <laughs> yes. He's throwing in to watch. <laughs> fun defense to watch forces turnovers. Boring defense to watch extends every single possession to the end of the shot clock and results in bad shots. Which, do they press a ton? Justin. No. Oh, Justin, that's too bad. what do we say every time we're broadcasting a game <laughs> and there is a time when there's a shot clock violation? What do we say? Oh, what excellent team defense by the Bulldogs there <laughs> forcing a shot clock violation. The rotation, the help, it was all great. Basically... Virginia just does that every possession, and it annoys you. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. I've been watching ACC basketball for it is, 25 years. It is funny that he team does it score in the- 80, <laughs> not 54. It's ACC basketball, man. Well, it's, Justin, it's funny that ACC he does it in the ACC. And now you have Stanford. Yeah. Oh, great. That's so. That's gonna really add a lot. To I had so forgotten dumb. that until no. I, I sent you guys that the Russell Wilson, uh, the Russell Wilson catchphrases for all the ACC teams. Yeah, and then I was reading through them. And I was like, Stanford. Cardinal. Oh yeah, they are in the ACC. Yes, I liked the. Um, Syracuse occupies a spot on the rainbow. <laughs> yes. Because they're the orange. <laughs> so good. Uh, N2 Media. Why do I always Nick Sisson. Nick. Nick says, hey, guys, shout out to Montesano Hoops on a great season. Best of luck to Tonino. We'll be in Yakima to see him against Kings. Just throwing this out there. Kings is probably going to win that game. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't sorry. sure if you were going to read that out loud because I wasn't sure if you guys would allow uh, Tonino to have Tenino press. Lo- yeah. uh, on the <laughs> well, that's why I put a, a con Tonino twist on it. Yeah. Um, Nick Sisson, by the way. Yeah. Hardest working man in high school media. Like that guy is doing broadcasts so much. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, Nick, do you want to cover a girls game while you're over there? No, I think I have somebody lined up for that already. <laughs> but, yeah, keep an eye out for the uh, the Montesano girls team who was over on their way over to Yakima. Yeah. Yet they have to win a game to stay over there because... And if you're watching basketball over there and you happen to be rooting for Montesano, don't feel pressured to root for the Tenino boys. I'm just saying, yeah. like, you don't have, you don't have to, I know they're in our league. Yeah. Justin, real quick on the game, on the floor storming thing. Yeah. Regardless of what you feel about how often people should storm, because you went full on extreme only if you're unranked and you beat the number one team in the nation. Like that was a, for instance. Okay. But you, <laughs> Court regardless, the place was you point. storm the court, but you also have to be very respectful of the other players. I feel yeah. like, yeah, like you have to make sure they have a way off the field slash floor. Yeah, and yeah, like, what are you doing? Like, you, also you run to the middle. Yeah, like what are you doing? How is anyone getting hurt? 
Well, and also, well, running to the middle doesn't always help because in this case, they were on the floor before the clock even. And that's, that's the, that's the yes, second rule. Yes. Or the first rule, wait till the freaking clock goes off. The buzzer has to go off. Then take a beat. Then leave your seat. Then go to the middle. That's good advice because it rhymes. If you're yeah. in the student section, <laughs> you're allowed to start lining up in the hall in the, next to your seat before the buzzer. Yes, but, but you, you don't... don't you don't, don't leave, leave the railing yes. until after the buzzer. Absolutely. Like, come on, people. Again, learn from your cougar brethren on how to storm the field properly. <laughs> I like... And I like, then take the goalposts and throw them in the river. That's the, right. <laughs> <laughs> I liked how in the main article, I think it was on CBS Sports, they said... And a bunch of fans stormed the court unimpeded. And I was like, who was going to stop them? Having <laughs> personally worked security at those games, ain't no chance yeah. in Hades. Yeah. I am going to get in the way of a pack of people no. for minimum wage. I'm going, all right, let me help you down here. Yeah. I would rather have you Don't get trip. on. Don't trip. Don't <laughs> exactly. trip. So we've had no, and it is, I think it's different too in football and basketball. Yeah. But like on a basketball court, you like you need to let the players have a few seconds to get off the court. So now Kyle Filipowski had his issue. Yeah. Um, Memphis's best scorer, I can't remember his name right now, but he had a, an issue where a fan made contact with him when he was leaving the court. Caitlin Clark, who is probably the biggest star in all of college basketball, men's or women's right now, yep. had an issue where she collided with a fan when they were rushing the court earlier this season. Like, this stuff is happening. Like, schools have to figure out a way. In football, they tried to stop it by fining the school That's not going to work. Afterwards. It didn't work the because it's not the care. school. That's exactly it. <laughs> the students it's not are, the like, school. good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The students are like, oh, wait, my tuition's going to actually go to something that's good? Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I, I guess that's the other thing to this is, like, the only thing I can do is plead with the morons. I can't even like be like schools stop this from happening because what are they supposed to do build a wall? No, what they're <laughs> supposed to do is create an avenue of where it can be done safely. Yes, and that's yeah. the thing is we don't need people to say no when obviously that's not going to be enforceable. Yeah, create a way where it can happen safely. I'm with you, hundred percent. That's that's the only and way to do it. Stop storming the court over every stupid little win. Yeah. If you're the number 27 team and you beat the number 19 Fans team on your home court. Fans of UNC don't get to decide when teams get to be excited. You know what? I'm I'll, just saying. I'll give it to you. That's fair. <laughs> like, yeah. as a fan of, of a team that generally is historically really good, I'm not typically going to be like, oh, yeah, you guys should storm the court over this win. Right. It's not going to happen that often. Right. But if you're... You know, just if you beat Duke. like a Wazoo, for example, and your basketball program is not typically good, and you beat a top ten team, like uh, okay, I get it. Yeah, you know, storm exactly. the court. I want to know what Nick, Nick. I want to know Nick's Nick's opinion on that. He said maybe. maybe was it he's to the, the hardest, hardest working? Is that what he's saying? Maybe I think he's too? the hardest working man in high school sports media. Right. Well, he's definitely the hardest working man whose opinion I trust because <laughs> I do trust his opinion. Yeah. On on the different things, but I want to know his opinion on. On the storming of courts. Mm. So, pop that in there, Nick. Anyway, <laughs> what else was I... Something else piqued my interest. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, let's draw this to a local level. Okay. Rivalry games. Yeah. Student sections tend to rush the floor after a rivalry game. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a big upset or not. What is then your opinion on what the protocol should be 
for the team that won and the team waiting to shake hands because oh, I've seen hands at the end of I've that. seen frustration and here's do you want me to present my opinion on it first or let you go do you want some time no, to you think go. about it you go. okay so I'm just gonna go Aberdeen Hoquam game right mm-hmm. game ends Student section rushes the court. I think, personally, as the other team, you should wait... 30 seconds? 30 seconds. Yeah. And the team that won should get roughly 30 seconds to celebrate quickly with their student section, Mm -hmm. but then have, hey, we get this quick celebration, then we have a responsibility to go shake the other team's hand. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think the losing team should give a little bit of grace. Like, hey, 30 seconds, we'll wait, then we'll shake hands. What I have started to see more recently is a little bit of, like, for lack of a better term, butthurtness. Mm-hmm. Where you lose a game and you get ready to shake hands and you're like, they're celebrating with their fans. Let's get out of here. And I'm like, hey, guy, calm down. Give them a little bit. This is supposed to be fun. This is high school basketball. The students are excited. That's what we want at high school basketball games. We want bigger student sections. We want bigger crowds. We don't want the continuing shrinking of people having fun. So that when they rush this court, they have fun. Give them a little bit. And then go, okay, now we're all going to be good sports. Shake hands. What, what's your thought? Uh, very similar to yours. And in general, I think kind of as a life philosophy, I think people should get their feelings hurt less. Right. And I mean, you, you <laughs> guys have known me. Should. You guys have known me long enough to know that, like, you don't have feelings. Well, I don't have feelings. But the also, amount like, of times I have apologized to you after what I thought was <laughs> an intensely emotional and possibly offensive argument. And you've yeah. gone, I didn't know we were. I didn't know we were really arguing. <laughs> oh no, were you serious? I'm sorry. Well, so this happened so many times where I'm like, "Oh shoot, I really need to apologize." That got a little out of hand, and Justin's like, "Oh, I didn't notice." Uh, well, I appreciate the fact that you're sensitive to the feelings of others, and I think it's important that we be sensitive to the feelings of others. But also, people should stop having so many feelings. <laughs> Got it. Like, can we, especially like in a, in a sports setting, right? Like understand that there's always a winner. Yep. There's always a loser. Mm-hmm. There's someone who's going to walk away unless feeling it's disappointed. <laughs> unless it's soccer. And sometimes there's a tie. But like losing, losing with grace and figuring out game. how to lose yes. is one of the most important lessons that we're trying to teach kids in youth high school sports. Yes. So if the lesson is, all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat some, well, eat some crow. Is that yep, the right? That's like, the term. I'm gonna go ahead and just sit in this for a little while. I mean, the the at the alternative is I go sit in the locker room and sit in it for a little while. Yep. Because I lost and I'm the loser yeah. today. So instead of that, just stand out there, take your lumps, wait 30 seconds for the other team to stop celebrating, shake their hands, and then you move on. Absolutely. It's somewhere in the. Because most teams play their fight song, yeah. right, in those situations. Right. You shake hands 
in between the celebration and then the lining up to do the fight song. Right. Like if it's a home game for the other team. Correct. That's the time frame, right? And I remember this game in Forks. We lost. And I think one of our best players missed a last second shot. We ended up losing to Forks. They stormed the court. And it stunk. But we sat there for a little bit. And then we went and shook their hands. Yeah. And then one of our players may or may not have ran and stole somebody's giant fork that had a teddy bear stuck on it. Sometimes it's just what you do. It's, Sometimes you steal a teddy bear with a giant fork stuck a- on Andrew, it. Andrew, we were the Grizzlies, Sports. and they had a fork, Sports. and they had stuck a grizzly bear. So that may have That's, happened. That sounds like something that would get you expelled these days. That, uh, yeah, exactly. Both the having it and the stealing of it. Um, as far name? as I know, nobody caught either of the people who did any of those things. There used to be some real inappropriate stuff. Like, remember the burning of Johnny Hoquin? I was going to say, we used to literally burn. Does that not happen anymore? No, no, no. They quit doing that years ago because yeah. it was, like, really inappropriate. Notice how that was, like, like Aberdeen did that. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that, like, no, like, and I'm not disparaging it. Are like, you? it's weird. But isn't that more typically the younger brother style thing to do in the rivalry? I always thought the little brother. I always thought it was like a little brother, older brother. Why is someone doing this kind of a thing? Like when (laughs) who cares either way? I didn't grow up here, right? So I moved here. Like when I moved here, I was entering high school, and when people were describing to me, "Oh yeah, this is what we do when we play Hokum," I was like, "That's odd." All right. Like they and it, for I the love, uninitiated, I love in that case perspective. Anyone who doesn't know, like they literally used to have like a dummy of a person. They would light it before before the Myrtle Street rivalry game. Bonfire. They would have a huge bonfire. They would literally light it on fire. Yeah. And they called it Johnny Hoquiam. Yeah, it was odd. That was All weird. right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was. And Hoquiam didn't have a similar thing we did. I think the closest we got was. <laughs> I think each school has, like, the spirit rock type thing. Yeah. And I think the closest Hoquiam did was, like, vandalize Aberdeen spirit rock. But Aberdeen did that type of stuff to us, too. Like, yeah. for I remember for a year and a half, we had AHS spray painted on our doors right. around the school. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. Like, that's we <laughs> like, that was pretty good. But... Which the did, weird thing to me is that normally isn't it the, isn't it the little brother up? that usually does that type it, of stuff? Correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew. You you were in this, right? What maybe? Did they light Johnny <laughs> Hoquiam on fire and throw him off a bridge? I don't remember I don't the bridge thing. I think it was just into I a am, bonfire. I, I might have made that up. In I my was head. never involved with any of this. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's neither was I. He needs to deny it now. <laughs> no, I just he doesn't want to be a part a of swimmer. Well, he he had teammates from Hoquiam. Yeah. I, His main sport. I, was, I swam with Hoquim kids, like, yeah. or at least one or two. It got sparse. Buccaneers. Yeah. But uh, the, I'm the more aware of the tradition from, like, histor- like historically, like, in the right. 50s. Right. And the 50s, it – I don't think people thought it was weird. Yeah, like that's the thing. It was a. It was not like oh, kids are doing this up in the woods and everybody disapproves of it. Like it was when we were yes when we were kids. Hundred percent. It's like it was like this is a thing that's happening. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna go burn Johnny Hoquiam. Yeah, everyone knows when and where it's happening, and the cops do nothing to stop it. Like what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> and as a fourteen-year-old who just moved here, why is no one stopping this? Yeah. Andrew Andrew's <laughs> most rivalry centric thing he did 
was wear a ton of Aberdeen <laughs> swimming gear and then walk over to me before the Aberdeen Hoquiam basketball game sitting next to the student section and talk to me. And I am mortified at Andrew wearing head-to-toe Aberdeen gear. You said head. To, you said Aberdeen swimming gear, and I'm just picturing Sorry, Andrew no. in a Speedo. It was like T-shirts Like Andrew with wore a stuff, Speedo yeah. to a basketball game no. and then came over and talked to you, and that, that's why you were mortified? That would have been weird. But I remember all my teammates were like, dude. What was that guy doing? I almost punched him. And I was like, stop. You did not almost punch him. But All right. Uh, real quick. I was, I was in the weird position of rooting for Daniel while rooting for Aberdeen. Yes. Yeah. We are going to be joined in about five minutes. Oh, my gosh. By Tyson Portman. We have rambled. Wrestling state champion. Andrew, I love this show so far, by the way. Andrew is going to create a Zoom link, and yes. I'm going to text it to Tyson, and he's going to join us. And for those oh, of you who don't know. I'm so excited to talk to Tyson. This is so cool. Willapaw Valley's Tyson Portman, who I hope is not offended by how passionately I argued for someone different than him <laughs> to be the athlete of the week when he literally won the state championship yeah. in wrestling. The literally the best thing you can do in high school sports is win the state championship, right? And wrestling is such a hard state championship. Right. To win. And you were like, oh, let's give it to some other person. I don't want to say who the other person is because I don't want to hurt that other person's feelings. Justin, do you want me to send that but to you? Or yeah, you send it okay. to me and I will text it to Tyson. Uh, but I'm excited about this. I'm really also. I will admit here publicly now. Here publicly now, I advocated so hard for that other person because I knew there was no way that you guys would let it slide. That a state champion wrestler was going <laughs> to, you be. know, there was a part of me that thought that might be happening. It's the old grandstanding at a city council event when you know whatever's going to be. Pre- proposed is going to be passed and yet you're like sweet this is my chance to get up and grandstand knowing that there will be no repercussions for my actions that's exactly what happened yeah (laughs) that is literally what justin does daniel also sometimes tyson portman is a relation to one of my if not my favorite no one of my top two favorite which they're both tied college professors I awesome. went to college for one year. Did you take a class from his relative? I, I took three classes because he was literally he's my the, favorite teacher that I've ever had. He's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. I skipped a lot. <laughs> I was bad at college, but <laughs> I really liked his I really liked Mr. Portman though. <laughs> I was bad at college. I really was. Uh Chris's wife. Oh my crud, I'm forgetting her name. I'm a terrible person. Anyway, she teaches at Aberdeen. She's involved in a lot of the sporting events. Denise? Yes, I think that's right. That sounds right. She's awesome, too. Oh, wait. No, Denise is the mother of Tyson. Okay. I'm mixing up my Portmans. Crap. That was a bad it's job weird. by There's me. hardly any of them around. <laughs> I feel really bad for forgetting Chris's wife's you name. You should. She's awesome. <laughs> and she helps out at a lot of sporting events. And I talked to her after a game. And I was like, hey. We just gave athlete a week to Tyler. Is he related to you guys at all? And so she gave me the, the rundown. Apparently, Tyler's dad is Chris's cousin. Whoa. So what is that? Like second cousin? I don't know. I don't know. Second cousin once removed? <laughs> is it bad that like when so, we get Tyson right, on, we got him here. Uh, there's a portion of me that just wants to hey, be uh, like, hey, here's oh, all the people from Willapot Valley I know. Do you know any of them? <laughs> Probably all of them. <laughs> Tyson, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you guys. Hey. Hold on. Get my uh, picture going. Okay. Welcome. 
So hey. glad you could join us, Tyson. So this Me is too. this is Tyson Portman. He is a Willapaw Valley high school student, uh, 4.0 GPA, by oh. the way, I learned, and a state champion wrestler. So kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, Not kind of, Justin. Stop trying to downplay it. There's a lot of stuff, Tyson, that I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about your injury and your wrestling state championship. But I also want to talk to you about wrestling in a round sawdust pit. So uh, I have it on good authority that you've grown up in Willapaw Valley and uh, part of your Swiss heritage involves Swiss wrestling in a round sawdust pit. So tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, it it kind of kind of says it all the, <laughs> but i mean you get you get these like shorts that are like made out of like burlap and then put those on and it's like you wrestle in those in the sawdust what okay this is my first time hearing about this is this sounds like it's part of a, a, an event or something like that so what is what is this all part of to, so to in in Switzerland, it's like uh, the national like sporter, I guess. Or it's like it's called they have like a, it's called like a swing fest. It's like a maybe like a weekend event or something where wrestling will be like the entertainment for the day. Dude, that sounds awesome. Have you ever won is, the, wait, the Sawdust Pit Wrestling Championship? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not sure that I have. I've placed a couple times, but okay. Are there it's, weight? It's, class- American wrestling. There's no uh, weight classes, oh, so it's just by age group. So you could be 150 pounds in 18 year old and be wrestling a 25 25 year old guy who weighs 250. So it's a uh, it's it's kind of hit. Or- okay, when is the next one? <laughs> Daniel wants to watch. I want to go. Uh, there's one in Tacoma in the summer, like end of July. And then there's one like 4th of July in, uh, out where I live in the middle of nowhere uh, at, at the Swiss hall. I'm assuming out there in yeah. uh, Willapot Valley. Do they also have yeah. yodeling competitions at swing fest? Uh, I'm, they probably would if you went to Switzerland, but okay. we really have those. <laughs> okay. I, I work with a guy uh, who lives out there and would talk about swing fest all the time. And then he would come into work the weekend after swing fest and just be yodeling all over the place. <laughs> and I thought it was really fun. So anyway, that concludes our uh, questions about the sawdust uh, pit wrestling, which is a bummer because I feel like <laughs> we need to go to this. We sh- well, swing fest, it might be a little too hard. It might be too hard of a party for you, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel's it's, it's, WSU. It's a event with a lot of partying. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good time. Some amount some amount of alcohol is consumed there. Um, uh, an amount. Sure. I won't say what the amount is, but it's an amount. Yeah. Um, a large, a large amount. <laughs> uh, but Tyson, so this season has been uh, obviously ended in the best possible way right. because you won the state title in wrestling, which is super cool. But it started really difficult for you because you had an injury from football, a broken leg, I believe, that kept you out for several weeks in the beginning of wrestling season. So I kind of want to know, like, what was it like for you trying to come back from that injury and how difficult was the road to get back to normal? Um, well, it was 
it was definitely pretty boring. I just happened to sit in the practice room and watch practice happen for the first four weeks of the season, four or five weeks I missed. I'm not sure how many it was, but yeah, it was, it was definitely very hard to sit there and not being able to do anything, but the, the weight was, the weight was worth it because obviously, uh, finished pretty good. How was it? Cause I feel like when my limited view of wrestling has seen it as such an intense, sport when it comes to conditioning how was it for you to try and get back up to that level having missed a month month and a half of just sitting on the sidelines how hard was it for you to get back into the shape that you needed to be to compete oh it was miserable (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) i had to do a couple i i do some double day practices where i'd go from my high school practice and then to a club practice afterwards to try to get some extra conditioning. But uh, even for the first two tournaments of the season, uh, some there was one tournament, the gut check tournament in Kent. It's a pretty pretty big tournament here in Washington. Uh, I was doing really well in that tournament and then was probably if a match, a quarterfinals match. If I was in shape, I would have won, but lost due to not being the correct conditioning, but yeah, it's definitely, there's no in, there's no conditioning for wrestling like any other sport. It's, uh, and it, it, you can't really get into like the, the shape you need to be without wrestling. Like, it's like, let's go here. You got to go get in shape for wrestling. I want you to run around a track. No, it doesn't, it doesn't really work. Yeah. You got to wrestle to get in wrestling shape and it is definitely miserable. (laughs) So, Tyson, you play football as well, um, which is where your injury occurred. Do you do a sport in the spring? Uh, I did track. I do, I've done track all three years of high school, but I'm not going to do it this year. The My body could use a little break. I'm the, not the – I'm I, my high school nickname from uh, a lot of my teachers and coaches I've had is uh, Glassman because well. easy – so I think it's time to give the this spring a little break on the body. Well, Daniel uh, and I can both relate with that. Um, <laughs> I have been called Mr. Glass before, so I definitely resonate with you on that. Don't let that define you. First thing, don't let that define you because oh, – I, It's just a, a joke. Okay, good. That, Second of all, as a state champion wrestler, I don't think you should have to put up with that. I think you've officially shaken the Mr. Glass nickname at this point. Um, When it comes to the grind that is getting through a state wrestling tournament, you just talked about the conditioning. You can only get into wrestling shape by wrestling. Can you talk us through a little bit the mindset that it takes to go through a match with somebody who you have to go through like every depth of your effort to continue to fight through that. So uh, my mindset for state this year definitely probably wasn't the same as a lot of other people had. Yeah. This is a fun one to talk about, but uh, regionals the week before state, I ended up getting pinned in the finals uh, against the kids who, uh, you know, wasn't the best, and I had pinned twice before earlier in the season. Wow. So 
I had a little refresher of going in a state that hey, anything can happen and <laughs> needed to be on top of my game. So uh, my mindset for state after that was I was really focused all week before and then kind of just decided if if you're going to be the state champion, it doesn't really matter where you get put in the bracket. Mm-hmm. You're going to beat everybody if you're going to beat everybody. So it's I kind of got to go through the tournament with that mindset. It really helped. That's awesome. So Tyson, uh, going back to this Mr. Glass nickname, <laughs> in case you're not familiar, uh, Mr. Glass from the Unbreakable uh, movies was the villain who actually um, created a whole bunch of chaos and resulted in the the murder of many many people. You're bringing this up. This is terrible. Well, I just want to know, like, <laughs> do they call you Mr. Glass because no, you get he- hurt, or do they call you Mr. Glass because you do? You, have you embraced the villain role of Mr. Glass? Um, I don't think they don't call me Mr. Glass. It's just, it's no. Glass, but I Glass have embraced man. it. Daniel's just, Mr. Glass. Sorry. Yeah, I was Mr. Glass, Justin. Okay, He's Glass. So man. you're the villain. Yeah, I'm okay. the villain. He's the hero of the story. Well, I uh, no, through uh, through high school, I've been uh, had my fair share of injuries. So I've, I've and middle school, I guess you. So I could just kind of earn myself the name. What's your favorite my, sport? Um, probably badminton. <laughs> That's totally legit. I was looking at you and thinking it's either badminton or pickleball. <laughs> Like it was definitely going to be one of those two. I've no, actually, I, I I will give pickleball the edge. Pickleball is. <laughs> I love your answer to that. Part of the reason I asked is because I feel like I talk to high school athletes sometimes who are like super good at one thing, mm-hmm. but they participate in another sport and they like that one better. Mm-hmm. I was curious, kind of like what your relationship is between football and wrestling like is wrestling by far and away the thing you've dedicated most attention to or is football and is football kind of like a secondary thing or do you love them equally uh i mean i've de- i've been playing football since like peewee football in like elementary school so i've put my fair share of time into it but i definitely put way more time into wrestling through like club sports and like individual hours of just working on it, but wrestling was definitely more my favorite. But at times, there, like I could say, I I enjoyed football more than wrestling. <laughs> and by comparison, how much time have you put into badminton? <laughs> uh, a couple Fourth of Julys, you know, every <laughs> some of the summer holidays, uh, maybe. <laughs> Semi-professional. Gotcha. I love it. You, Tyson, you're on the edge of getting sponsored in badminton right yes, now, I'm telling you. So close. When it comes to wrestling, what's your favorite part about wrestling? Is it just the the solo nature of it where it's just you one-on-one against somebody else? Or is it the fact that you can be a part of a, a team training together? Or is it just imposing your will and a domination side of things, or what? What is it about wrestling that you love? Uh, so wrestling is like a very, it's it's hard to describe. It's like an individual team sport. It's obviously all on you, like when you're out there competing. But like, other than the aspect of just competing, it's very much a team sport where you have all your friends and teammates every day at practice with you. Rooting you on free matches, but my favorite part about wrestling 
Uh, probably just getting to meet all the people in and around the sport. I mean, wrestling's you get a lot you get to meet a lot there's a lot of downtime in wrestling there's a match you get to wrestle six minutes and then you have an hour to an hour and a half wait time before or longer before your next one all day so you're kind of just it's not you're just not there wrestling you have all day to sit around make friends just the environment that is comes with wrestling is probably the best part about it can you point to a couple of those uh, friendships or relationships that you've met that haven't been from around this area that have stood out to you in your times in between matches that, I don't know, maybe are friendships that you'll keep for years after high school or or you've learned things that you'll keep after this this high school run of yours? Uh, yeah, wrestling like, definitely gives you a lot of values. The teaches you like good work ethic you understand like you get comfortable with doing things you don't want to do because there's not very many things in wrestling that's either not painful or you know is uncomfortable so you get you get comfortable with being doing things that are uncomfortable to you so it definitely sets you up well for life that's awesome so I know uh, from just texting with your mom a little bit about this that you had, as you were growing up, you had some sparring partners that were from, uh, not necessarily from your town, were from some some neighboring towns and that you competed with the Monty Mad Dogs. And, yeah. you know, no Monty bias here. Obviously, I've <laughs> not Monty worn bias. any Monty gear <laughs> All Monty uh, today, bias. but I was like, wh- who are the guys from that, like those relationships that you formed with guys who are from the area? Um, who were the guys that you really like resonated with the most who helped you along your journey? Um, so definitely the one, like there's, there's a bunch of Monty boys that I've gotten pretty close with over the years. I mean, definitely the one that most helped, helped the most just in like from a wrestling, like training aspect. I put a lot of hours on the mat, uh, with Cole Eckerson. Uh, I've, got to come to know him pretty well but just besides him i've got to know like jacob Salstrom, his older brother lucas mateo sanchez really well uh, a lot of good wrestlers yeah Cole's <laughs> older brother ty um going back even older like austin kane two-time state champion from probably 10 years ago now just i've got to meet a lot of people from the money team there's a great area love wrestling there's it's a good area to we considered moving there for just to wrestle a couple times but well yeah. obviously it worked out with you staying where you were because you managed to go win a state title and i think that's awesome yes even though it would have been cool to see you in maroon and gray <laughs> uh happy that you that you were able to stay where you were and achieve that goal but i would say uh like you know we know that you care a lot about wrestling we know you care a lot about football and about badminton <laughs> But let's uh, let's kind of round you out. Like, what are some things that people would last year? Uh, Mateo Sanchez from Monty won the state title, and we did like a game of like get to know your state champion. Yeah, and we asked Mateo a bunch of questions about things that he liked. So, what what is it something that someone should know about you to like kind of round you out as a person? Um, yes, I am related to the teacher from Grace Harbor <laughs> that has. T- <laughs> Oh, our favorite teacher, by the way. Yeah, yeah, my cousin Chris. (laughs) 
Um, uh, this is a hard question for athletes a lot of times because you sink. Not much, there's not much to do out where I live. So, I mean, you, you spend a lot of time outside. So, I like spending time outside riding dirt bikes, going hunting, doing all that kinds of stuff. I, I was going to ask you that. So, because Justin's a little bit more of a city boy. I grew up out in the woods. <laughs> city boy. I, I grew up out in the woods. And, and hey, Tyson knows what we mean by city boy around here. When it means Daniel you says, live in town. When Daniel That's says right. he grew, well, I I know someone from Willapa Valley who gr- described South Bend people as city boys. Exactly. Yes, but right. what Daniel's saying when yes. he says he grew up in the woods, it means that he climbed trees and peed off the top of them. <laughs> so yes. there's that. South Bend kids are definitely not city kids, and compared to the Valley kids, they still get it that they are the city kids. Yes. Uh, the air. Um, Andrew is even more of a woodsman than us because he lives out in the middle of nowhere near Matlock. So when, when, when you're talking about enjoying things outside, dirt bikes, hunting, stuff like that, let's talk about hunting a little bit. What, what type of hunting do you enjoy? Um, uh, everybody out here, you know, they are kind of full of themselves and they need to use a bow and a muzzleloader and give you a bunch of crap for using a rifle. But, you know, I'm still out there and not on the couch, so that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, yeah, I use just hunt rifle season, deer and elk. Okay, gotcha. I think, Andrew, what are you? Mr. Glass would have hunted people. Is, is your mic shut off? You have your mic, like, up next to your headphone. I know you're I not like on video. I like to talk when I'm not on the video. I know you're not, but... What you do a lot of duck I do a lot and of bird hunting. Bird hunting, gotcha. Oh, yeah. I'm. I will be getting into bigger game in the near future. I think. Gotcha. So, any tips for our producer who's not on the video <laughs> right now? But any tips for him when when getting into bigger game? Um, I kind of cheat because I live on a dairy farm, so you know, they're right in my backyard. So I'm probably not the best one to take tips from. I'm on my way over. Tyson, my dad bow hunts. Can he come to your dairy farm and shoot a deer or an elk when it's hunting season? I've had experience answering this question. So So was that a yes? Or... Um, I'd probably the answer you're going to get is I'm I'm not the person to ask and you're going to have to ask someone else. Also, yeah, if you smart, say yes smart. one time, a thousand people are going to ask you if they can. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, good job. But you know what? I have your number now, so we'll just uh, – when it's hunting season, come November, I'll just contact you and we'll, we'll figure it out from there. That's good. Because I hey. like venison. I don't like to shoot things, but I do like to eat the things that have been shot. Yeah. Tyson, I want to know about uh, your future a little bit. Um, Justin mentioned at the top of the show that you're a 4.0 student. You're a state champion wrestler. What are your thoughts about um, your future? Are you uh, planning on going to school after this? Are you going to try and wrestle at the next level? Are you going to go to a trade school? What are your thoughts for after high school? So I'm planning to go to college next fall after this year um in terms of wrestling i haven't quite decided whether uh, to pursue it in college or not i've got offers from schools uh from all different levels uh i've got it narrowed down to like 
one school if I don't go to wrestle if I don't wrestle in college, which would be Washington State. Go Cougs. Uh, go Cougs. Um, <laughs> uh, and then if I do wrestle, it's narrowed down to one school uh, in Texas. It's called Tarleton. I uh, got to meet the coach through uh, experience when I went down and trained at the Stanford uh, Regional Training Center last summer. Nice. But so uh, it uh, it kind of depends. I got uh, some figuring out to do by April, which I mean isn't a lot of time. But yeah, uh, I still still not decided on it all. I have. I think I only have one more question for you. If you were talking to maybe a seventh grader or an eighth grader coming up, who was an athlete wrestler maybe not a wrestler, but just what would you tell them as they're coming into high school sports if they wanted to be great and try and achieve a state championship in something? What Would you have a piece of advice to give a kid coming into high school thinking about that? Um, yeah. Uh, if you, it's, you're going to have to do some things if you want to be the best at, or I shouldn't say that because I'm not trying to say I'm the best. There's always someone better out there. You literally but, are the best. You're the state champion. So, <laughs> but if you're to succeed at the highest level, you have to do uh, things that some other people might not be doing. Meaning, like an extra practice during the weeks, maybe going to bed earlier, getting up, working out, or something. So, yeah. Whatever, whatever the Muhammad Ali quote is, or suffer now, so you can be a champion the rest of your life, or something like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. It's gonna be a bit uncomfortable a little bit, but you got your whole life ahead of you, so don't rush through it. That's really good advice. That was better <laughs> advice than I've ever given anyone in my life. So, congratulations, Tyson. As a high school student, you are smarter than I am as a thirty-eight-year-old man. You know, my, my instinct and I told Daniel before we got on was like, uh, when I knew we were talking to you, I was going to be like, Hey Tyson, here's all the people I know from Willapop Valley. Do you know them too? So can, I, can I just list them off? Do you know Rick Boone? I'll probably answer it. Yeah. Do you know Rick Boone? Yes, I know Rick Boone. Do you know Robbie Stevens? Yep. Do you know Bobby Bevins? Yeah. Do you know any noose bombs? Yeah. How about freezes? Oh, yeah, I know all the reasons. All right, end of list. Wait, what about Freeman? Oh, Freeman. Well, Freeman's a Raymond name, but do you know Ryan Freeman? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> any just, any other Willapot Valley people to add to the list? No, that was – you had all of the people from Willapot Valley. I knew, especially since, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, his cousin Chris, my favorite my favorite teacher. Rick so. Boone, by the way, the co-worker that used to come in yodeling. Gotcha. Oh, okay. So okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Tyson, thank you so much for joining us. It's awesome. Congratulations on your state wrestling championship and good luck. Uh, I know you'll be successful at whatever you choose to do next. Absolutely. All righty. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks, Tyson. All righty. Have a good one, guys. You too. I got to say, that was one of the best interviews we've ever had. Thank you. I thought I did a great job. Not because of you. (laughs) Not because of you or me or Andrew, but Tyson was awesome. That was so good. I really thought I loosened things up. 
Justin's homework did a lot to make that that go smoothly. You did loosen things up. I will give you that. That did set a nice tone for it. But man, the thoughtful answers he gave us about everything and the advice to kids at the end. I don't know. He kind of made me feel dumb. That's okay. Okay. That's actually that was part of what made the interview so good. Right. That was great. Oh man. I well, don't we have a, two options here. We can either go to break or we can go to Stump Daniel. I think we should go to break. Okay, we're going to uh, we have a lot of good stuff still to talk about. We're going to do our recap of the state basketball playoffs that happened and we have a goals update and we have to pick an athlete of the week and I think we're going to have a certified bucket getter Ooh. conversation. But first, let's take a quick commercial break. Do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. Thank you for joining us on The Scrimmage. I'm Justin Domashevitz. Daniel Hargrove here with me, as well as our trusty producer, Andrew Gross. We are brought to you by Spivey Realty Group and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. We have Stump Daniel to get to here really quickly, uh, really soon. And we also have two Monty basketball teams that competed in the regional round of the state tournament. And then we have some really difficult discussions to get to because we have to pick an athlete of the week from some very deserving candidates. And we're also going to have a certified bucket getter conversation at yeah. some point towards the end of the show. Mm -hmm. But let's move on briefly and quickly to my favorite part of the show. Ooh. Serving questions up on a silver platter where the points are made up and the rules, rules don't, don't matter. matter. Time for Stump Daniel. Stump Daniel is brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. What's the A stand for? No relation. No. Daniel, I am going to give you a choice here. In our text group earlier, I asked you, do you follow Oregon State women's basketball? <laughs> now, that might have seemed like a random question, but it in fact was pointed because I wanted to know ah. if I asked you questions about Oregon State women's basketball, which, by the way, is a very good team. They are very good. That is where Would my knowledge lies, to... is that they are very good, so, and they have been very good for a decent amount of time now. So I can either ask you trivia about Oregon State women's basketball. Please don't. Or <laughs> we can go back to something we've done in the past, which is you try to guess some teams that are in the top 10 of the women's college basketball rankings. Which one would you oh. rather do? Ooh. I think I would rather do the latter because while I am very excited with all of the Beavers women's basketball news I see, I just haven't been able to – I mean, I haven't followed men's college basketball at all this year. So I have not been able to keep up with anything specific other than Beavers win again. And I'm like, sweet. They Go seem to be Beavs. really good. So Go Beavs. So you didn't know that the Oregon State women's team has a player named Regan Beers who is <laughs> averaging 17.5 points a game and 10.7 rebounds. How do you get a half point? I didn't know. It's when the ball almost goes in the hoop. Andrew, oh, you asked the wrong question. <laughs> the correct question was, how is there a girl named Beers not playing in Pullman? <laughs> That's a good She's question. She's playing in OSU. Yeah. yeah. 
So you didn't know that they have a player named Von Olhoffen who's averaging 5.1 assists per game? Gosh, you know that I am just naturally inclined to not like players that have their name start with a Von. Or a Van. <laughs> or a Van. Yeah, because of Lien and Christian. And Van Lith. Well, my rivalry, my rivalry with Haley Van Lith has been much told. Well, let's do this. Let's go to the women's top 25. I'm going to give you five chances. And really, you don't have to put anything in order. Okay. Give me five teams, and we will see how many of them are in the top 10. Okay. If you can get all five, okay. Beef Zone. If you can get four, Coog Zone. Okay. Three, Husky weird, zone. Weird Ugh. that you would make the best zone less than the best uh, <laughs> result, but two or less duck zone. Okay. Daniel, give me a team and I'll tell you if they're in the top ten. I'm gonna go with Iowa. Iowa is currently number four. Are they really only number four? Well, I will add right now that uh, these are all rate rankings based on today, and today is Sunday, and new rankings come, come out, out on tomorrow. Monday. Right. So these could all change on so Monday. These are based on last week. But right. you're one for one. Give me another one. LSU. LSU is number 13. I'm sorry, oh, but they are uh, out. You're telling me that the <laughs> fighting 10. Van Liths can't even crack the top 10, even though she joined a team that was already good? Correct. What? One for two. Wow. Almost like she's not as good Shots as everybody fired. thought she was. Well, Angel Reese missed a portion of the season for mysterious reasons early on. But also, they're 21 and 4, so they're Mysterious good. reasons? Wait, how are they 21 and 4 and only ranked 13th? A lot of good women's teams out there, Daniel. UConn. That's always a good guess, right? UConn is 15. I'm sorry, they are outside of the top 10. You are 1 for 3. I would You're say out of the coog zone. typically that's a good guess, but it is not a good guess this year. That's weird. 22 and 5, UConn. South Carolina. South Carolina is number one, and I'm surprised you didn't start there. Uh, I uh, think they might have actually lost this week, so they might go down, but they're number Justin, one. Justin, I'm not sure if you know this, but every single headline regarding women's college <laughs> basketball is Caitlin Clark. Yeah, that's true. So She's awesome. So including you should show. not be surprised at all that I didn't guess South Carolina because literally everybody has just been going, Caitlin Clark! For like a month Oh, now. does Caitlin Clark not play for South Carolina? No, I she doesn't. Oh. South Carolina did not lose. They're 27-0. and 0. Gotcha. Uh, They're the new UConn. I'm just going to throw this out there. <laughs> Oregon State University. Okay, so you've gotten two right and two wrong. This is your last one. Yeah, I'm throwing it out there with the beeves. So Rolling with the orange and black. Weird that you didn't start with them. Shut up, Andrew. <laughs> Beavers are nine. Let's go! <laughs> You're three for five, which puts you in the Husky zone. Oh, no! <laughs> it's better than the Duck zone, Andrew. The top ten of women's basketball right now is number one, South Carolina, then Ohio State, Stanford, Iowa, Texas, North Carolina State, but they're going to go down because they lost to North Carolina this week, USC, Virginia Tech, Oregon State, and Kansas State. All those teams have... Four losses or less. Wow. A lot of good teams out there. Yeah. South Carolina at 27-0 and 0 is the that's, best team. I assume that's pretty good. They're real good. <laughs> I assume it's pretty good to be undefeated. So, I'm a little surprised that Haley Van Lith didn't go there. Yeah. Can she point. transfer midseason? Maybe. Well, if she could, it, she would. Is the position gotcha. that she plays taken? 
there's no positions in basketball. You just go out there and chuck the rock, bro. Okay. I believe you. I'm just going to take that at face value. And this is why <laughs> Justin thinks that Virginia basketball is bad. <laughs> Boring. Those losers have positions. <laughs> you said bad at one Boring point. to watch. <laughs> it's bad to watch. I think you said bad to watch. Yeah, yeah that's what it, it was. It is bad to watch and boring and bad also. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we are no longer sexist because we have now done a segment about women's college basketball. Is that how that works? Is that, yeah. Oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. Well done by us. And I also had a two-minute drill question about Caitlin Clark a couple weeks ago. So That's true. Basically, we win. <laughs> Not being sexist. Good for you. I think you saying that might make us sexist. Oh. It's like if you bring it up, then yeah, you are. I think so. Okay, so I let's strike that from the record. if you do it on purpose, it's a problem. We'll strike that from the record. Okay. It's, consider it struck. Okay. <laughs> uh, should we round things up? Let's round it up. It's going to be locally. a quick round up. <laughs> let's round things up locally. <laughs> Montesano's girls basketball team used its typical stifling defense to win a state opener against Cascade Christian. 41 to 25 in Tumwater on Saturday. Evangelia Dalen led the Bulldogs with 11 points and 14 boards. Deander Olsen spearheaded the defensive effort, racking up eight steals to go along with her seven points and 10 rebounds. I think she threw a block in there and a couple assists as well. 11th seeded Monty will face elimination again on Wednesday at 345 in Yakima against six seated lakeside Montesano's boys basketball team also was in action on saturday in tumwater but were eliminated from the regional round of the state tournament with a 69 to 54 loss to sultan the game was tied at 47 entering the final frame but sultan opened the fourth quarter with an 11-0 run and controlled the game from there delon chan led the bulldogs with 21 points peyton Domashevitz, no relation added 12 some relation Excellent game. <laughs> that concludes our very brief local sports roundup. This always happens when we're kind of in between seasons because yeah. I think now there's like two weeks until the spring sports really yeah. get into swing here. Thankfully, we also do you have a goals update or is that just in there? No, no. Because you always put goals update. No, no. Um, by the way, Coach Eddie messaged me. He yeah. said, um, what time are you guys going live? That was like right at three. And I said, right now. Oh, he, and he said, oh, and SC is generally soccer club or sporting club. Remember, we had that uh, discussion well, last week. Well, you said week. sports club, which is really close to sporting club. I think, no, Andrew said sports oh, club. Okay. And don't give me the credit where Andrew was smart. Okay, I will never give you any credit ever again. Oh, darn I it. I kind of <laughs> dig the idea of uh, an organization that like has several different sports teams under its umbrella. Andrew. Like a sports club. Like, you could have basketball teams and soccer teams and rugby teams all like sports club andrew digs it i don't know if that even exists he digs it but he that's what that's it. what the idea you of a sports club shovel you dig i think they it. have those things in like big city rich areas like shovels that kent. makes sense <laughs> and kirkland yeah i'm not sure if kent was i was thinking kirkland when i said kent kentland <laughs> well, I do have a goals update. Okay. Actually, I have a lot of goals. Update. Oh, sure. So, Let's go. And it's a good thing there's a lot of goals update because this is a pretty uh, light local sports news week. So 
Uh, seven teams were active for the goals on Saturday. First, they had four teams on the losing end, the B14, B15, losing in their first games of the season, but looking to bounce back for the next week. The G07 lost at home, but also lost their backup goalie to a potential tendon injury Ooh. in her hand. Oh, that's not good. Uncomfortable. Ouch. Their regular starting goalie also could not be there. Following the injury, center back Maya took the reins, but too little too late. The goals B13 lost their game yesterday in a strong back and forth game. The goals were down nil to one at half, but bounced back early in the second as Alexander netted one with an assist from Levi. But TC United would score five minutes remaining and hold out for the win. Coach Daniel also wanted to point out that Aaron was a wall out there. I love it when they shout out the defensive players yes stopping many 1v1 and 2v1 opportunities this is a promising team that is on the rise and they expect great things from them um that was the boys u13 team the boys 10 team uh closed out the night last night with a big seven to one win over mount rainier football club as they were on the road in Auburn at Game Farm Park, they had to dominate or they had a dominant performance and stayed in the hunt early in the second with a uh, two and two record. Now, um, Jordan Cade Kane led the way with four goals, Carlos wow. with two and Liam with one. Liam also helped out with three assists So Liam with a goal and three assists in that game. Um, Jordan, Julian and Carlos with one assist apiece. The goals GO5 team, this is one that we are very familiar with. The hosted, super team. The super team. Hosted <laughs> uh, Everett SC. So either soccer, soccer club, club or, or sporting, sporting club. club. At Stewart Field Saturday afternoon, the ladies pulled out an 8-0 to win as they remain in second place with a 4-1 to record. Goals coming from Bristol. And I, I like the nicknames that Coach Eddie put in here. So Bristol, the hype is real toll, <laughs> scored nice. two goals. Aaliyah Weld scored two. Uh, Ember Jones, Valeria Aguilar-Wells. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry to interrupt this. Yeah. But I don't want to forget again. Okay. I met... <laughs> I met the legend from Ocasta. Jesse Gilbert? I met Jesse Gilbert. Confirmed real. She is a real person. Okay. I met her before Wait, one of my rec basketball games. She's not a replicant. Oh, crap. I didn't <laughs> I didn't try and get a DNA sample. I'm not sure how I would go that about that. That would be really weird considering. I didn't, like, pull her hair out or anything. <laughs> she's a teenage girl, so like, yeah. getting a DNA sample but would be weird. She was there. She's real, and I met her. And so Allegedly. I still haven't. I, I, I told one of her coaches that, you know, we need to still meet up and have her pitch against us. Did, did What was the response to that? That Yes, that absolutely I, needs to happen. I know that we have had that idea. I'm concerned. So I'm concerned <laughs> not for our safety, but I'm like, what if what if something happens where like one of us throws the bat out there and hits a comebacker at Jesse Gilbert and she gets hurt? You're... You You're, let me rephrase, okay. Daniel. What if after I have <laughs> my go. turn diving out of the box to avoid the fastball? What if you throw your bat out there and poke a ball back at Jesse just Gilbert? happened to make contact and it accidentally like somehow yeah. goes right back at her? Yeah, 
Gosh, the chance. I feel like the chances of that are just so slim. So slim. Yeah. Um. So I I think that that is slim. It's almost as slim as her just getting hurt practicing. Okay. So that's my thought on it. I was but you're right. The optics out. would be really bad. I was trying to get out of it because I'm scared. I noticed that. It was my idea in the first place, and now I'm scared. Well, I told I told uh, this coach. Yeah. I was like, you know, Justin doesn't really have a reputation on the line, but <laughs> me having been like baseball's my thing, played college baseball. Like if if I go down on three pitches, I am much great, much more affected that's a than good you would be. you should be much more scared than I, am I am very worried about it because worst case Why are scenario you, worried? you should be able to get a hit because you have i've that experience. seen i've seen high level baseball players face <laughs> high level fast pitch players for the first time yeah. and they look silly if you're watching it, right now get in the comments and tell us whether we should do this competition with jesse gilbert or absolutely not. yeah should we have one of the best pitchers that is in our high school. Well, one of the best pitchers we've heard of. Yes. In our area. I mean, not many pitchers have struck out more people than outs in a game. So I, I'm pretty As sure you're, I'm pretty sure you're safe saying one of the best pitchers in our area. I'm trying not to offend anyone, but as a sophomore, they can be offended. I don't She care. struck out more players than could possibly have been. She's set records. Yes. Jesse Gilbert, best softball pitcher I've ever heard of. Yes, okay. There you go. So should we, <laughs> as a show, take turns, Andrew, Daniel, and me, Andrew hasn't officially Wait. agreed to this, but I'm looping him in. Nice. Andrew, I like this Daniel, plan. and me with all appropriate armor needed. Go up against oh, Jesse we get Gilbert. Armor? Well, I do. You Sweet. do whatever you want. You're going to look weak if you I don't need wear armor. armor. But Ouch. should we try to bat against Jesse Gilbert? And I think we that should. would be an awesome way to kick off spring sports. Season. <laughs> <laughs> like if we could throw it together before spring sports started. That would be the best. That would be so cool. Anyway, I'll try and reach out to the people who know her people. Okay. I do have a phone number we can contact. Oh, them also. And you need so, to get on that, sir. I just haven't because, as I already mentioned, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, getting back, we had for that Go Five team for the girls' goals. We had two goals from Bristol Toll, Aaliyah Weld, and then Ember Jones, Valeria Aguilar, Wells, Jemima Perez, and Emmy. Yes, Emmy Spencer. Shocker. Also scored a goal. Wait, she's wait. Emmy scored a goal, bro. She's the goalie. Yes. How yes. did she score a goal? It, literally, as I'm reading it, it says Emmy. Yes, Emmy Spencer <laughs> scored a goal. That's awesome. Uh, assists from Ember Jones, uh, who had two. Haley, let's run. Schweppe had two, which is uh, if you know it. who Haley Schweppe is as a cross country uh, regional yes. uh, regional champion, I think she, or district champion, I think she was. Yeah. Um, Haley Schweppe had two assists, and Miley the Goldfish Anderson had two assists, which I don't know what the Goldfish is about, but I am curious. The only thing I can think of with Short the memory. Goldfish is from. <laughs> Is from uh, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, where she has a short memory. I love that. Uh, Amon Chima and Scotland Lecompte also each had an assist. Player of the game and nominee for Athlete of the Week is Ember Jones. Ember played a great game in the first half, scoring a goal and getting two assists. Aside from that, she immediately offered to step into the goal so Emmy could play on the field. <laughs> in goal, she secured it. the second half shutout with four saves. So if... <laughs> Ember went, hey, you know what? We're up by a lot. Emmy, would you, like, Emmy, by the way, 
like star goalie. Yes. She was like, Emmy, would you like to come out and just score a goal? <laughs> and Emmy did it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I like being awesome at and things. Then Ember was like, you know what? It would be cool to still get a shutout. I'll just save four goals. I love it. And they preserve the shutout. Yeah. Um, let's see. We have a couple of comments. Frances says, if you don't, you play ball like a girl. That's from, uh, what's the from old movie Sandlot? with Tom Hanks? No, wait. No, you're talking about uh, League of Their Own? Oh, wait. No, it is from the Sandlot. You're thinking you're right, of Sandlot. Yeah. Sandlot. Uh, Dave Beeler says, yes, most definitely. Oh. That's probably oh. Schweppy related. <laughs> oh, these no, these are all these are all to our comments. Uh, or pe- we asked people to oh, comment. Oh, we should do it? On if we should do yeah, the Jesse Gilbert challenge. You know what? Uh, Francis need- says, yes. Dave says, yes, most definitely. And Francis says, doing a movie quote thing, not in any way reflective of my opinion of women's sports. Yes, we, we get that, Francis. Do not <laughs> let me forget. We're going to get Jane Roloff. We are? We're going to get Jane Roloff as an interview on this show. We need to. To preview spring sports. Who's going to hold the camera for her while she's running? That's a good question. It, I Francis? assume like if she's done this before, she probably has on her treadmill some kind of setup, a hands-free setup or something. For when she had to do oh, like Zoom classes. Okay, sweet. Yeah. We, we need to make <laughs> sure that she can continue to run. Well, my frenemy Francis, by the way, which if, if anyone needed more evidence that runners are insane, yeah, uh, my, my frenemy Francis, his son Tiggy, is yeah. running at St. Martin's where they go from cross country to indoor track to outdoor track and they're literally never stop running. And then it was like, oh yeah, Tiggy has a break of a couple weeks where he's going to get to come home and he's scheduled time to run with the Hoquiam track player. Yeah. He's going to run with Jane. But those are his, and his, brothers. Are his people, right? Shocker. He was running with them last year. But yeah. running, cool. like... Butt running? It's that cool, sounds even harder. Like, Tiggy... <laughs> Tiggy just went and ran and then ran some more and then ran and he gets home to have a break and he runs. I think it's harder to stop running. I think some of these people, you know, I think the, I I think think the slowing down is harder than keeping going. I think the heart, I think the closest I've ever come to this is eating at Arby's and then getting the runs. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. We needed a class stuff. Well, let's go back to the uh, goals update. So that brings us to the last match. My part. The last match of the season for the boys 09 team. Uh, this match had championship implications attached to it. The BO5 needed to win, and TC United needed to lose or tie for the BO5 to become the league champs. Okay. Well, TC won 2 to nil. So the BO5 takes second place for the Dang winter it. season, but they also take uh, second place. They also took second place in the fall. Okay. But they still played an amazing game on Saturday, beating Mount Rainier FC 5-0. Take that, Mount Rainier FC. Goals coming from Gio Castillo, who scored two. Elmo Tor- Elmer, I said Elmo, I'm sorry. <laughs> Elmer Torres, Gio Torres, and Edgar Seja each scored one. Assists from Colby huh. Mendoza, Antonio Granados, Ricky Granados, Elmer Torres, not Elmo, and Gio Castillo. The BO5 team finished their season 4-1-1 one, and, one, and recorded, uh, let's see, Jazeer uh, Ar- Arenal, A-R-E-N-A-L. Arenal? Arenal. 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 Recorded three shutouts in his six-game miniseason building up to the high school season. They scored 22 goals and allowed just four. Um, Coach Eddie says he could not be prouder of these boys as... Uh, and the effort that they put into earning their two consecutive second place finishes between the fall and winter in back-to-back seasons. They had an overall record of 12, three and one, 
And in those 16 games, they scored 56 goals while allowing just 20. They still have wow. some tournaments ahead of them in the fall. And like the Geo 5 ladies, these young men will be moved up to the Super League. Super League. Um, for Athlete of the Week, Coach Eddie wanted to nominate from the B10 team, Liam Meyer, who contributed four goals, who contributed two four goals by having one goal and three assists. From the B10 team, Jordan Kane for contributing to five goals by scoring four and assisting on one. And also Ember Jones from the girls 05 team who, who scored one goal with two assess, assists and had a second half shutout in goal with four saves in her first ever game in goal. I'm going to be honest. That one is pretty compelling to me. <laughs> yes. They also led, they also led to Emmy Spencer playing on the field where she scored a beauty. I love the way Coach Eddie describes things. Yes. Uh, coach Eddie says he's biased to the ladies because he's their coach, but Jordan and Liam are ballers and they create magic out there. So yes. we have a few nominees there from the goals teams. Uh, Dave Beeler says, when do you want her? Is, is Dave the... For he's Jane. The, he's the cross country he coach, was right? coordinating. He was right. coordinating for Jane. Okay. So, yeah. Next week? I would say, Jane, if we're all good, that we all... Because sometimes what happens on Tuesday is one of us is like, oh, shoot, I'm going to be gone next week. Right. So, let's say... Either next week or the week after. I like the idea of next week because I think we have... So, track practice is starting tomorrow. Okay. But then there's like two weeks slash maybe two and a half weeks before they get to the Jamboree. So it would be cool to kind of in that in-between week have uh, Jane on to not only talk about how she never stops running, but also talk about the upcoming track season. For sure. So let's say I'll message you, Dave, but let's say potentially next week we'd love to have Jane. Sounds good. Is that the end of the goals update? It is. I love the goals updates. So let's do this. Let's talk state hoops. And then we'll do the commercial break that you have to read. Sounds good. And then we'll come back. We'll have our bucket getter conversation and name an athlete of the week. Thanks for reminding me that I have to read that commercial. I'm happy to help. Good good job by you. Uh, Real quick before we get to the state hoops conversation that we know we have to get to. Yeah. We did have one other local team in the regional round of state. Mm -hmm. They fell 53 to 42. So that was Tahola Girls. Tahola Girls fell to Lummi Nation 53 to 42. So they are also eliminated. So, we are down to one. The Monty Girls. Yes. Which we will start with in this recap because they had the opening game. They had the matinee at two. Uh, real quick, Dave says, sounds good. Thanks. I will talk to Jane tomorrow. Perfect. So, hopefully we will have Jane Never Stops Running roll off. I'm very excited for that. Next week. I'm very excited to learn whether or not she has a treadmill in her high school classes. Yes. I'm also <laughs> Where very when all the excited. Other kids are sitting at desks. She I, is running on a treadmill. I really hope she's literally on a run while she's talking to us. Dude, that's the only way to do this. <laughs> that's the only way to do this. If Jane is running while she talks to us. <laughs> Would it throw off her form to like I don't even hold care. a phone while running? I don't even That's care. what I was saying. Somebody has to hold the camera, <laughs> well, the phone. For otherwise, her. how would she stop long enough to talk to us? Because she never stops running. Right. That's a good point. <laughs> All right, Justin. You got there a little bit after the game had started. Yeah. Like mid-second quarter. You, you saw a decent amount of the first. Well, you saw part of the first half. The whole yeah. second half you broadcast with me. Mm-hmm. I feel like, as someone who has kind of 
personally, don't get too offended, Monty fans, but I have kind of <laughs> downplayed Monty Girl's greatness this season with how bad their league was. And the whole district. And the whole district, As we've it turns seen out. Now that Eatonville beat Seton Catholic. Right, right. Um, but. Dave said she's too smooth for the phone to bounce. Okay. <laughs> she just runs so yeah, smoothly. That actually makes a lot of sense. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, <laughs> but I've seen them grow now a little bit. Yeah. And they've had to figure out different ways to win because, as we all know, every time the ball is even close to Jilly, she gets double teamed. Yes. Or and triple, I mean... Or triple teamed. Uh, Andrew, and as somebody who has not watched them play... The ball will go to the same side of the court that she is on, and all of a sudden, two players will like run and cover her very tightly. Yeah, even though the ball's not even like coming towards her yet. I actually thought Cascade Christian did a pretty good job of that. Yeah, but yeah. What, pretty good job of that. Yes, but it's amazing to me how everybody's like, "Oh, the ball's near her in any sort of way." Throw two people at her, and then she yeah. gets the ball, and it's three people, sometimes four. Yeah. So the fact that. Their defense has been good enough, and then some other contributors scoring-wise has been good enough to get them wins now into the Yakima round of state. I'm a little bit more impressed than I thought I was going to be with this version of the Monty's girls basketball team. And I say that, and the reason why I'm a little comfortable saying that is because this is such a young team. Yeah. It's basically a bunch of sophomores and a couple of freshmen. And then and like some juniors. Three juniors? Three juniors in total. <laughs> who contribute and help out too, but this is yeah. such a young team. Yeah. It really like I've watched them in person, maybe three times and on YouTube a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tiander Olson is really good. She's really good. I said this on the broadcast. She's a freshman, but you wouldn't know she's a freshman when you watch her play because she has a really mature game. Yeah. Um, she does not look like a 14 year old out there. She looks like a very good basketball player, very skilled, makes a lot of really good decisions. <laughs> She's a point guard who is an excellent rebounder, you know, 10 rebounds in that game, um, to go along with eight steals. Pretty awesome. And Jilly, you know, with all the attention that Jilly attracts in the paint, it makes a big difference to have somebody on the perimeter who can have that kind of an impact as well. I, <laughs> Pardon me. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you're coughing all over the place. I'm a little nervous about like the the ceiling of what this team is capable of because it's not because they're not talented. They're super talented. Right. I would put their best players up against the best players of most of the – and like we're comparing them to Monty teams of the past. Which is not really fair because this Monty Girls program has had such amazing teams with amazing amazing top-level talent. I would put their best players against the best players of any of those teams at the age they are. Right. <laughs> I'm yeah. so sorry. Give me a second. Are you coughing up a lung over there? Um, random thing. We I remember we had talked on our broadcast, just to give you some time here. Yeah. I, I brought up Megan Choate as a bit of a comp yeah. to how... Tiander plays. Yes. It's <laughs> not gotten better. She's thank you, Anna. Uh Tiander is five seven and Megan Choate was five five. So I remember us talking about kind of like Is the Tiander height of- five seven? Because I walked by her and I felt like she was my height. 
You felt like she was your height? I think she's tall. So you think Teander's like 5'10". Are you 5'10"? How tall are you? I think I've shrunk in my old age and I'm more like 5'9". <laughs> you admitting that you've shrunk makes me feel better that I measured at like 5'11 the other day, not close yeah. to f- six foot. Yes. And I felt really worried that I've been conflating my height all through the years. Mm. No, you've just shrunk, Daniel. You're I have. Ab- okay, I good. am absolutely shorter than I will. Before. I would love to say that I've just shrunk <laughs> and not that I've been lying saying that I'm 5'11 and three quarters all these years when I'm actually an inch shorter than that. Are you good? You got some water? Can I help you out? Thank you. Hannah, you, save the day. Can you can you talk now? Yes. Okay, cool. The show is saved because I can talk. That checks out. <laughs> 100%. So I'm with you all the way, buddy. So I've been a little nervous to say, like, you know, hey, this team can go win a state trophy or something. And it's not, it has nothing to do with the talent level of the players on their team. It is just the youth. Because, you know, Ava Schrader as a junior is a starter. I think there's two other juniors on this team who are in the rotation. Yep. Uh, it, Hazel Jones and Allie Parkin. And outside of that, it is a ton of sophomores and freshmen. And Teander, you know, Teander and, and Jilly are the two best players on their team. And you got Lex as that. And, and Lex also, like, you know, excellent shooter and phenomenal defensive player. I would say having players that young as the core of your team like it's awesome because you know that you've got like three years of really good basketball ahead of you, but it's also really difficult if you go play against a team that's senior driven and as talented as you are. Um, since you brought up Lex, I'll say one of the things I like the most is seeing how disruptive she is in passing lanes, because when they are playing this three, two zone that they like to play yep. and she's at the top of it, like, I know I said this on the broadcast at one point in the second half that this Monty defense is like, they're going to make everything hard. Yes. Oh, you want to bring the ball up the court? No, we're going to make that hard. You want to swing it? We're going to make that hard because Lex Stanfield is going to step up past the free throw line and, you know, tip that pass. Like everything you do is going to be hard. You want to hit the high post against our zone? You can do it, but we're going to make it hard. Short corner, we're going to make it hard. Yeah. Everything's difficult, which is what helps make their defense so stifling is they recover to the ball so incredibly well. They cut off passing lanes so incredibly well, and they have a few players on the perimeter who will put such intense ball pressure on that they force a lot of turnovers and make a lot of things happen on the defensive side. I worry that when they go play against teams that are – exceptional offensively that they may not be able to keep up with that. Yeah. But I don't worry or wonder about this defense at all because they are phenomenal. And the one thing that I wonder about is, is size wise yeah. because every now and then you, we see some of these girls teams with someone who's like six, two, six, three happened with Seton Catholic. They had a six, one post. I, yeah. And, and you kind of look at it and you're like, okay, how does Montesano match up when Jilly's their tallest player at five ten? Yeah. You know, that, so well, that's their tallest m- starter at five ten. Yeah, is, you're right. Izzy, Izzy, Izzy six feet tall. Is she? Cause she's, she's also listed. listed. At six foot. Was she listed at six foot? I don't think she was listed at six foot. But she does seem taller. I had she was listed at. She does seem taller than. Oh, she is listed at six foot. What do you know? Justin was telling the truth. Yeah. Um, Well, we talked about during the Seton Catholic game 
that the physical play of Izzy Taylor yeah. made a really big difference for Monty because you didn't just have Jilly trying to grind up on the six one post from Seton Catholic and just like having to be in there being physical with her all alone. The whole game, yeah. Because like running is exhausting, but there are a few things more exhausting in basketball than having to be physical inside with someone for an extended period of time. Absolutely. So when you when you look at this girls' basketball bracket, the tough thing is Monty being seeded as the 12 seed. Yeah. They are now playing Lakeside Nine Mile Falls, who just lost to Lyndon Christian by only eight points. Yeah. And Lyndon Christian, as we all know, stinking badgemas. Perennial powerhouse. Yeah. And you have Lyndon Christian at three, Deer Park at two, Nooksack Valley at one. And this girl's bat bracket looks tough. Yeah. Because. Lyndon Christian only beat Lakeside by eight. Deer Park only beat Bellevue Christian by six. And then Nookstack Valley almost won by 40. Yeah. But you're playing one of the better teams in the state, like easily listed better teams in the state. And the top portion of girls basketball in 1A yeah. is insane. Yeah. Good. And, and then Kings and Wapato at the 4-5 matchup yeah. played to a five-point game so yeah. they're they're both really good as well so you have a tough tough matchup here to takes on lakeside nine mile falls and as i furiously try and look up lakeside here and see if Womp max preps has their roster no they don't because dang it they don't have anything that i'd actually want yeah but this is a good basketball team that they're taking on. And so it's going to be really tough as their only losses come to their only losses on the season come to deer park. Yeah. So that's I think, it. I think and I deer th parks, the second ranked team in the state. And I, and I think as I'm looking at it, Daniel, as a money guy, as a money guy, Northwest guy, Northwest guy. And we'll get to the money boys in a second here, but like sometimes you got to understand what's a success, right? And for the Monty girls, while you have a defense that's going to keep you in a lot of games, but the fact that you made it to the final 12 and you get to Yoda, get to go to Yakima is awesome. Yeah. When you have a team that's driven primarily by freshmen and sophomores. So, I mean, I, I will as a Monty fan and also be encouraging other Monty fans that like, even if you go to Yakima and you lose your opening round game and you get eliminated, like this season was awesome. Yes. Like you, you went and won the district title powered by freshmen and sophomores. And, and not only freshmen and sophomores, but freshmen and sophomores that didn't like sophomores that didn't get much playing time the year before, yeah, like basically just Jilly. Like Be Jilly played a lot last year, but ex exactly. It wasn't really besides that, but yeah. this is not a team that was like, oh, you were all freshmen and played a lot last year. Yeah. This was a team that was like, oh yeah, the year before everybody was really good, so of course you weren't on varsity. Yeah, you know, so it's it's not just young in age, but also young in experience, right? In experience, so it, it, absolutely, this is a huge, huge accomplishment and something that the fact that they're playing in these games next year, I've, I've said this every, every time I've covered basketball districts is a different level than league yeah. regional round is a different level than districts. And you get to state, you feel that you feel that intensity. Yeah. It prepares you for the next season in a way that almost nothing else can. Yeah. It, it is really a difference. And the experience of feeling it 
will only prepare you better for the playoff situations the next year. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, while, you know, I, I think we would be remiss if we didn't at least mention, uh, Josie Forster and mm-hmm. her contributions oh, yeah. towards the end of the game. And there's a whole bunch of players on so, this team. Like we, we talked about the big three, right? So yeah. the, the big three is Jilly Dalen gobbling up all the rebounds, typically leading the team in scoring. Yeah. Tiander Olsen, who's the point guard, does a little bit of everything. We mentioned eight steals in this game. She's yeah. phenomenal. She's so good. Like, really, as a point guard who can handle the ball, she does a great job inside. She's excellent at positioning for rebounds. And then Lex Stanfield, who I would say, like, as a um, disruptive defender, you know, she was our, our defensive league MVP yep. in our in our unofficial scrimmage 1A Evergreen League defensive uh, all-league teams. I think those are like your kind of your big three. Those are the ones that sort of get all the attention and they're the ones who are mentioned in the newspaper articles the most. Right. But Ava Schrader starter starter, big impact, especially on the defensive side of the ball gets a ton of boards, ton of boards. And then uh, I've really enjoyed seeing the emergence of Izzy Taylor. Yeah. And we mentioned listed at six foot. She's tall, but also seeing the way she's been able to be physical inside with players when needed, but also step out to the wing and show the athleticism to guard outside there while Jilly is guarding inside. Yep. Um, the, and I'm sure you've got some other players you want to shout out as well. Oh, well as you mentioned, team. yeah, as you mentioned, Josie Forster, you know, another one of those players on the starting lineup. Um, let's see. Hazel Jones comes in. Another junior gives good minutes. Allie Parkin. Yeah. Is a girl that came in twice in this regionals game and almost instantly got a steal, got a bucket. Yeah. So she only finished with three points. So one of them, she got a steal, got a bucket. One of them, she got a steal and then got fouled right. and made a free throw. Yeah. So she made a big impact. And uh, points were at a premium. Very at a, at a premium for sure yeah. in this game. Uh, Reagan Wintrip is yeah. a girl that can come in and knock down a shot. You know, she's also, I believe, only a sophomore. So she's another girl who contributes for this team. Uh, their only senior, Elizabeth York, hasn't played all year. Yeah. So she's on the roster, and she's been a huge part of this team. Uh, gosh, I just lost the word. Not community, but program program wise like mm-hmm. commitment wise like yeah. the the type of person you want around your program right uh she has been that person and as a senior their only senior to stick around even though she had a knee injury i think in soccer i'm not sure but mm-hmm. it, she's been hurt and has been able to play all year that's been a, just a big boost for them um i've seen mckenna blankis come in and make and contribute good minutes for them as well so this is this is the team that yes they have their big three but as you get deeper into seasons, you need contributions from other players, and we've seen them get those contributions from other players. So it's yeah. it's really fun to watch the, uh, this squad and how they've progressed. Yeah, and I gotta say again, it's good to be a Dalen in basketball season. I looked yeah. over and saw, I believe, Evangelie's cousins and uncle and stuff like that, and. They're just WF West stars. Yeah. They're heading over to Yakima they're too. They're real tall. They're <laughs> they're real tall. They're real tall. <laughs> it's a tall family those Dalens. Yeah, I think that they what was it was it last year was I think there was a boy and a girl yeah. down there in WF West so, yeah. that and the boy was like six nine or something like that and it's like, oh, oh 
dang, there's tall. Um, so yeah, you go over, basketball season is just like Dalen Town over in Yakima. So it's got to be fun for that family. <laughs> just go hang out, having a family reunion over in Yakima. Should we just start <laughs> saying, "Oh yeah, we made it to the state tournament in Dalen Town"? In Dalen Town. <laughs> Back in 1952 in Dalen Town. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know why. We should, before <laughs> next week's show, we should look at how McKinley's doing at Minnesota. We should. I know. I looked You're at right. Kira, Kira Gardner. Uh, she's a graduate from Raymond. I looked at her stats for the season, and she's definitely gotten in the rotation a little bit. She's kind of playing like 10, 11 minutes in a few of the games for Wazoo. Okay. Um, and, I mean, I'm assuming since it's her freshman year, we expect that to go up as seasons go on. Mm-hmm. So By the exciting way, to see. WF West, Evangelies, and McKinley. Yeah. Before her, they're uh, they lost, so they will be playing in a loser out game Ooh. in Yakima on Wednesday against West Valley Spokane. But they are a three seed. They lost to a six seed Archbishop Murphy. Gosh, the two A ranks are losers. Tough. Oh yeah, tough. Holy cow! <laughs> Not losers, but tough. Shocker, Justin. Yeah. Two seed in the. Linden Christian. Linden. Oh. Linden Christian's 1A. Well, I thought goofus. they might have moved up on the girls' side no, because they're he, better than everyone else. So. Goofus. Get out of here. <laughs> anyway. To the boys' game. Yeah. Sultan. Yeah. The Sultan of Swat. The, the, Colossus, <laughs> the Colossus of Clout. The Colossus of Clout. The Sultan of Swat. This was a... This game, I described it on air... In my broadcast, this game felt like it was the last minute of a close game in the fourth quarter. It felt like that intensity from the tip. Yeah, it did. That's what this game felt like. It really did. It was nuts. I texted you multiple times. You were across the gym for me, and I texted you multiple times. This game's nuts. This game's bonkers. This game's crazy. What is going on? These refs suck. Anyway... And then I texted back, yeah, they're real bad. Yeah. And it wasn't so much, just real quick on the refs, it wasn't one-sided as in much. In the first half, in, in portions of the first like half, it. I felt like it was, but it, not overall. And you know what, Justin? The reason why I, say, why I think it felt like it mm-hmm. is because here's what the refs were doing, in my view. Yeah. If the ball was in the middle of the court, no fouls. Yes. You could reach. You could slap. You could push. You could shove. You could do whatever you wanted. No fouls. As soon as you got close to the bucket, you couldn't breathe on a dude. Yeah. Or on rebounds. What did Sultan do? They reached. They slapped. They hacked constantly in the midcourt. Yeah. And they attacked the bucket with drives, in the at least in the first half. Yeah. And so they got away with a ton of fouls. They also flopped And like then maniacs. they flopped like maniacs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> <sighs> Jeez, Andrew, so Andrew, there was one, there was one foul where Gabe Bodwell has the ball and he's dribbling it and he literally just like dribbles to his right and then turns around to his left as he's going forward a little bit. And this kid for Sultan like leaped backwards. It like, was feet. like whoosh, flung like, himself backwards 10 feet. Basically the a backwards dive. Yeah. Sounds egregious. Did it? Did egregious. Babe, did Babe get teed up? Babe Gobwell got a foul. He didn't get teed up, but he did receive his fourth foul. I was so upset, Andrew, that I took my pen and I spiked it down on my notepad. And I was like, this is ridiculous. 
and my pen bounced off my notepad and bounced into the official scorer's booth in front of me. And they like three people turned around and like one of them picked up my pen and handed it to me. And I was like, this is just awful. You can't just do a normal basketball move and send somebody flying and get a foul call for it. And I was just, I was irate. I it will was, say it was bad in that moment where I know we've, we've talked about this. I've yeah. been the kinder, gentler version of Justin this year. <laughs> I, we've I'd, all been very grateful. I yeah. very rarely, although I, I've been very open and honest about my past where I've almost <laughs> been ejected from a tournament in Seaside for arguing rightfully with an official <laughs> during a game. Um, I have really turned over a new leaf and I don't, I don't engage in that stuff very often. Right. But in the play that you're describing, I was so worked up that I literally shouted, you're terrible <laughs> at the referee. I was like, this is ridiculous. You are terrible. Yeah. And I think it was the first time in many years that I have hurled a personal attack at an official, <laughs> but it was like, forget everything else. You suck. <laughs> that was my, my general goal. But no, I like the first half of the game, especially I was super worked up. I thought the officials were really bad. Yeah. Um, I did think it kind of evened out a little bit as the game went on. Well, again, my opinion is it evened out because Monty yeah. kind of recognized what they were able to get away with. Yeah, but and what was being called tightly. But also, it so Jackson gave, Wilson, Peyton, yeah. your son, started playing very tight. No relation. Playing playing very tight, aggressive defense on the ball. Yeah, and they were doing great. Yeah. And then they also stopped or started attacking the bucket, which picked up some fouls on Sultan. But Gabe sat so much. Broadwell exactly. sat so much yeah. during the game because of the foul trouble. Absolutely. And I think that was the frustrating part. Is yep. I wondered how different things might have ended up had oh, yeah. he been in there yep. because he's one of their best players. Yes. But ultimately, like, you know, I can look at this game and go, the refs did not cost Monty this game. Right. You know, they made a lot of mistakes. They didn't take advantage of opportunities. They didn't capitalize on offensive opportunities. And at the end of the game, they just started hucking. Like, they got desperate too fast and just started yeah. hucking bad shots and selling out for steals in a scenario that I thought was too early. Um, Like, I get all of it. Like, I, I totally get it as a player, why you did it, but... When it, like as angry as I want to be at the officials in this game, I look at it and I'm like, no, nah, we, no, nah, we lost, man. Like that was, that was a good Sultan team with some really good players. They had their two best players who were great in ISO situations, good at shooting the ball, and then they had their third guy who stepped up and hit some huge shots, and massive twenty points in the game for them. Yeah. So like, I'm not looking at it going. There, there's no shame in losing to that team. Sultan is good. Like Sultan's a good team. Uh, I just want to throw this out there. Yeah. How many points would you say were not scored by those three players you just mentioned? Five? Seven. Yeah. Like, the, no, those were those, it those was, three guys scored basically everything. It was Tobias Trickler, Elias Trickler, yeah. and Dominic Castillo. Yeah. And I honestly feel like it was Castillo that was the difference of this game. Like, you knew you were going to have a tough task with the Twins. Yeah. With the Tricklers. Which is way too close to Ticklers, by the way. Yeah. I came really close the to just calling twins. them the Tickler Twins. Yeah. 
But Sometimes I felt like tickle the twins. I felt like Castillo was the difference in this game, which was just a, such a bummer that he seemed to get loose yeah. and actually hit big time shots. But I felt like Castillo was the difference in the game because of the tickler twins, though. That's true. like That's because so much attention was was on them that he had moments. But he capitalized on all of them. Every single one it like, felt Whenever like. there was a moment where it was like, all oh, the attention's over here. Oh, there's that guy. Oh, he's scoring. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the good, though. We know this game ended 69 to 54. Yeah. Should have been 67 nice. to 54. It's a weird. I, I, it's a weird move. Just throwing this out here. <laughs> I am. The kids on this Monty basketball team are Bigger men than I would have been in high school. <laughs> I would not have shaken the hand of the kid who dunked at the end of the game while nobody was covering him with as time five, was running out. Five seconds with left? six sec five six seconds left. Yeah. I would I would have I would have been restraining myself from punching him in the stomach, I mean, I let would've... alone shaking his hand. But oh. I watched the handshake line. Yeah. Every one of those kids shook his hand. Well, one of the Monty players said that they gave him a look. That's true. I would have mentioned of them spit on their hands. <laughs> I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have shaken his hand. I know me in high school. I would have been that upset. You know what I would say? What? Go stop him. That's true. That's Daniel true. Also you're right. Wouldn't actually, have shaken his own hand. Okay. Actually, Justin, you're right. I would have covered him and probably <laughs> fouled him. I probably would have fouled Daniel him. Daniel would have hacked the crap out of him. He would have fouled him right in the nose. It ain't no way I was letting him dunk on me to end the game. That's actually it was a good fair. dunk, though. Yeah. It was a good dunk. It, well, he, it was the second dunk of the game. Yeah. So it's not like, like he didn't two, have ups. Two would hands you have off hit him low, though? Thing. What? Would you have hit him Heck no. He okay. wouldn't have got off the ground. Okay. He wouldn't okay. have made it to the basket. <laughs> um, let's talk about the good, though. Okay. This journey. Yeah. You know what? Let me. Let's not get to the journey yet. Let's start with the good in this game. Wow, I feel like this is going to take a while. Let's let's get to the good of this game. Okay. This game, Monty started the first quarter up 13 to 11. The second quarter, Sultan has an excellent second quarter. Catastrophe. They're up 31 to 22 after the second quarter. Things don't look good. Monty's down by 9 points and the start of the third quarter was one of the most magical experiences of my broadcasting career. Mm -hmm. Delon Chan himself goes on a 7-0 run, capped with a steal on the sideline, two dribbles, and then, nah, why would I attack the bucket when I can pull up and hoist for three and knock it down? I lost my ever-loving mind yeah. on the call. And then that's normally when a coach calls timeout for the other team, right? Sultan goes, nah, we're still up by two. Then your son, no relation, <laughs> picks the pocket. The most one of the most demoralizing things you can do. I still think it's better than a block of when somebody's trying to dribble the ball up the court and you're like, no, you can't do that. You can't even bring the ball over half court. Because I'm just going to take it from you. Mm -hmm. Your son does that to the star player of the other team. And then takes it for a layup to make it a 9-0 run. I was... I I might have blacked out a little bit on the call. I need to go listen to it. Because I might have sounded <laughs> like a stroke victim. 
Like that Probably. is, I was going absolutely insane. Me can, too. Can I was going to say, can you <laughs> let me know like your emotions of that third quarter where Monty outscores them 25 to 16 in the quarter yeah. and it's, they, they go on a nine Oh run to start. And then the rest of the quarter was just a back and forth bloodbath. Yeah. And they end up tied 47 to 47. The third quarter has to be like, simultaneously the most fun you've ever had watching a basketball game and the most stressed out you've ever had watching a basketball game. So I, it was definitely not the most stressed out I've ever been watching a basketball game. Okay. Um, we'll leave that for another day, I guess. But I would say like, it, it was super fun. It was like awesome. Number one, Delon Chan. Um, Need you say more. Delon Chan, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just say this, and I don't know if I've said this publicly before. Like, I've I've been really um, thrilled with the improvement of this Monty team, and I think the seniors were really talented, eight seniors on this team. Monty would not have made the state tournament if it wasn't for Delon. I think I can flatly say this would have been a good team, it would have been a competitive team, but like the random appearance of this transfer student who none of the coaches knew until November yeah. had never played organized basketball before he came to the U S yeah. saved the season. <laughs> How crazy is that? It's so crazy. <laughs> But, I love it so much. But also, like, how many times, Daniel, and you you watched a few games this year, does he have a stretch of about three minutes where he's in takeover mode? Unstoppable. Unstoppable. Like, the ball gets in his hands, and you're like, there's a bucket, and there's nothing you can do about it. And I will say that watching, like, I love the, all the players on this team so much, and we'll get into, like, you know, when we go into our Athlete of the Week and our Bucket Getter conversations, we're going to have – Chances for me to talk about the players from this team that I love. I've loved watching. Yeah. Um, DeLon, watching DeLon play this season has provided me with so much entertainment and joy mm -hmm. that I was not prepared for yeah. in a way that I wasn't like, I can't think of a comparison to where like I, I've been watching all these kids play since grade school. Yeah. And then like, when their senior season rolls around, it's like God said, here's a gift. <laughs> you guys are great. Yeah. I know that as a team, you have some holes. I'm going to fill them perfectly. Here's Delon Chan. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. And watching him play has been an absolute joy. So that was super fun. The third quarter and then being able to see my own son, Peyton Domashevitz, no relation, go out and thrive in that third quarter as well. You know, you mentioned the pick that he had. That wasn't his only play in the third quarter. He was great. That was his first bucket of four offensively in the third quarter. And which is where, where I would say, you know, if you had told me at any point over the last six years that, Hey, Peyton is going to become an assertive offensive player. Yeah. I would have said, you're dumb <laughs> or you drank too much. <laughs> Go home. And at times this season, when it has been opportunistic, he has become an assertive offensive player. Yep. And he did that in the third quarter. He did it earlier in the season against Aberdeen. He's done it a few random times where he's like, 
I can take these guys. Yeah. And then he goes. Yeah. And DeLon and Peyton in the third quarter, like that, the combination of those two guys combining to spark this massive run to tie the game. I mean, take the lead for a little while. Yeah. And then ultimately tie the game at the end of the third quarter was super exciting. And yeah, definitely one of the most fun, th- fun instances that I've witnessed. They combined for 19 of Monty's 25 points in that quarter. Yeah. I mean, 25 points in the quarter is a lot. It's a lot. And this the team, fact that two kids combined for 19 of those 25s yeah. is a lot. The com- fact that one of those kids was the defensive stopper yeah. on the team is nuts. He had nine points in that quarter. Yeah. I was losing my mind as he had nine points in the quarter, including an old-fashioned and one going through contact, and then he knocks down the free throw. Yeah. Peyton was five four for, six? four for five from four the free throw five. line. Yeah, four for five from the free throw. After and the previous game, which I was a little worried because he struggled from the free throw line. And then he comes up, knocks down the first one, and it was just like gold from there. Well, and that was the weird part is like, you know, he has struggled from the free throw, three, free throw line. There it is. But for most of the season, he was really good. Yeah. And then he hit a stretch where it was tough. Yeah. And then for him to come, to bounce back in this game and shoot free throws so well was a big deal. It was awesome. But I think it's like, for me, it's a microcosm of what the season has been. Of yeah. individual development for so many of these different guys yeah. where I'm seeing it with my own son. And I'm like, I didn't believe, I, I didn't know that he could achieve at this level. Right, And then he went and achieved at this level. But then when I think of all these different guys who did this, you know, Jackson right. Wilson, Camden Taylor, Soren Cobb, like oh, there's all these guys like I'll throw Tyson there as well because yeah. he he surprised us in a different way. Yeah. Like there's different guys on this team that I'm like, I wouldn't have known like something was unlocked inside of these guys that yes. made the season really special. And I'll, like I'll say it, you they lost their opening state round game. I don't care. Yeah. Man, this season is such a win. Yeah. This this is such a win for this Monty Boys basketball program. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> one other kid, I think we mentioned Jackson Wilson played a heck of a game. Gabe Bodwell played a heck of a game. Yeah. We mentioned DeLon, Peyton, Tice. Soren played very well. Camden played very well. Tarek Gunter yeah. is a sophomore. I felt like handled the pressure. Of the other team's best players hounding him very well. Yeah, stepped in, and you know you don't think of a sophomore as a guy who's going to come in and help you deal with pressure. But Tarek's a really good player. So if you're paying attention to this Monty basketball program that's losing eight seniors <laughs> over the next couple of years, yeah, there's going to be a lot of Tarek Gunter. There's going to be a lot of Nathan Dowler and Caleb Bruland on this team, hey. and then a bunch of the guys who are freshmen now becoming sophomores yeah. in the future. Hey. Eight seniors and DeLon Chan. Yeah. So there's True. nine open spots on this varsity next yeah. year. They're returning Luckily, only. Luckily, their JV is really good. Yeah, that's true. They're losing, ter- or they're bringing back Gunter, Bruland, and Dowler. Off the, and, and, and Those are Bruland the, and Dow- Dowler swung. Yeah. So he played both varsity and JV for a lot of the year. Yeah. And Bruland played pretty much exclusively JV until but the postseason started. I think he swung last year, though. He did. Yeah. And he's good. He's like a good he's player. gonna be a senior next year yeah. and he's gonna be a huge contributor. And then throw in the massive amount of freshmen coming up next I year. Mean, Brody Williamson, 
uh, grubs, grub twins, more the, Bruins, two more Bruins coming up behind. Like, there's some really good players. It's gonna be really up. annoying to broadcast with two sets of twins. Once it's, you know, they have the exact <laughs> same birthday. Wait, the grubs and the Bruins. Wait have- a second. You're saying they're really just quadruplets? They were born on the same day. You're kidding me. Both no. sets of twins were born on the same day? No. They're very different sizes. Yes. <laughs> Having played against them in wiffle ball, you're absolutely correct. I had no idea they were quadruplets. What the heck? Well, they're not quadruplets. I'm not going to call them twins anymore. I'm going to call them the quads. Yeah, that's cool. I really like both of those families, which is yeah. also annoying that awesome. they play for all, money. All, all those kids, um, three, three Brulin boys, two Grub boys, awesome kids. Gosh, dang it! It's gonna be really annoying to root against Monty over the next couple. You're of not years. gonna be able to stop it. <laughs> I'm gonna keep bringing these boys in to play on our wiffle ball team, and you're gonna love them, dude. Do we get what I want to know here before we? I, is it time for a break? Yeah. I think it's time for a break. <laughs> it is. Uh, before which we you get have to, read. to our next discussion. I want to know, yeah. can we run it back with our wiffle ball team one more time we'll this summer? We'll try. Like, I can think of, like, wasn't there one player who we wanted who we didn't get? Yeah, Jackson. Jackson. Not me. No, nah, get out of here, Andrew. <laughs> you can be on the other team that Daniel and I are playing. I, I oh, think okay. That's I'm going to have two teams. I partially want Jackson, but I also kind of just want to run it back with my boys. No, and you're going to play with us. <laughs> the loser team. Wait, so we're not going to have the same team? Same team minus you, add Jackson. <laughs> That's not what I wanted to happen at all. Ty said he doesn't like you anymore anyway. <laughs> well, that is going to vastly change our next discussion. He didn't actually say that. <laughs> I'm, I made it up. Go away. We're going to take a break, okay. and we'll be back for some very important discussions on this extremely long show of ours. Spivey Realty Group's goal is to make buying, selling, investing, and renting real estate in Grace Harbor simple. They believe in 100% transparency and unparalleled communication with local expertise, tech-enhanced, and top-notch service for their friends, neighbors, and community. Their goal is simple. Get a group of strong-willed, hard-working people together who want to make a difference in Grace Harbor and to use real estate as the means of achieving that. Voted Grace Harbor's best real estate company. Find them on Facebook or visit graceharborrealestate.com. Spivey Realty Group, elevating small town real estate. Also, check out my godbrother. You didn't know that was a thing, but it is. Chris Pirog, heck of a real estate agent. Voted Grace Harbor's best real estate agent, actually. Works for Spivey Realty Group. Heck of a realtor. He'll help you get what you want. I'm pretty sure that it was his email to you that originally brought this house to my attention. It was, actually, Andrew. I should have you do the live reads. Because he sent me an email (laughs) that led me to send it to you that led you to buy this house. That's true. And he also lives up a Satsup fork. Is this this up a Satsup? Yeah. We're we're on a... Are you on Middle Satsup? Middle Satsup, I believe, yeah. He lives up the West Satsup. Oh. Yeah. Who does? Chris Pierog of Spivey Realty Group. Oh. You know, Grace Harbor's best realtor. He lives in the woods. He does live in the woods, much as Andrew lives in the woods. All right, Justin. <sighs> Spivey Athlete of the Week. Yeah, this is we, tough. We've got some tough ones. we got T. Andrew Olsen, who yeah. you spelled wrong. 
on our show sheet. That was a bad job by me. You spelled it how it sounds, not how it's spelled. Oh, it's T-I-E. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You spelled it T-I-A. I actually do know how to spell it. I just gotcha. did it wrong. Gotcha. And we also have Evangeli Dalen, who you shortened to Jilly. Is that, is that Why does okay? everybody shorten it to Jilly? Well, even when I asked their coach, they're like, you can just call her Jilly. And I was like, well, I, I want to go with the full Stanfield name. Stanfield went from Alexa to Lexi to Lex. Yeah. What, what do you call her? I mean, according to what the trend is, I should just call her Lul. Lul. Did you call Maybe. her Lex on the broadcast? I called her Lex. Because that was on the that's on the roster. Is Jilly Jill? isn't on the roster. Oh, it's, it's Evangeli. Okay. On the roster. All right, do what you want, man. Gosh. Get mad. My my dad <laughs> Get mad. My dad calls all of the children by their full names. He calls my daughter Allison. Okay. And he calls my son Makani, even though we all call him Mac. Mac. Yeah. Like all, all of the, all of his grandchildren, he calls by their full names. Is that something he that calls my da, my my niece uh, Elizabeth, even though everyone else calls her Ellie and I call her Lizzie. Yep. Because I have to be different from everyone else, as we know. Yeah. Yes. Does anybody shorten Peyton's name? I call hey. him Pate. Pate. Yeah. <laughs> P Town. Yeah. Pitton. <laughs> but it's not actually because of la- it's just because of laziness. Yeah. P-town like I don't want to say man. the full two syllables, so I just call him Pate. And sometimes I call my daughter Al instead of Allie because it's like one syllable instead of two. Like Al's toy, toy barn? Is that a bad? Is it like, is Al a bad thing to call a girl? It's generally not what you go with, but that's hmm. okay. Hmm. I mean, Seems I named like my daughter, <laughs> we named my daughter Veda and somehow we haven't shortened it at all. So Ve. Well, we should shorten it to Vey, Yeah. But we call her Vey Vey. Or just call her Duh. We call her Vey Vey. I'm going to call her Duh. Don't call her Duh. Gosh it. darn it. You're going to call her Duh. Kerr and Duh. Duh. <laughs> I don't like it. I have a friend named Isaiah. Who you call him one, Zah? At one point, he was like, you can call me Zay. And I was like, no, I'm going to call you Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it's like my mission in life to be difficult. It just is. <laughs> you have so many similarities with my dad. It's not even funny. Your dad's the best. Yeah. I really love that guy. Shocker. I saw him this morning. All right. Nominations. Tiander Olsen, Jilly Dalen, Delon Chan. Wait, why am I on here? Danny Burgers. What? What did I do? I just like putting your name I on there. I thought Danny Burgers was dead. No. Well, no. It's not dead completely. Danny Burgers. It's on its... It's it's in critical condition. <laughs> but. Danny Burgess and then from the ICU. from the goals from the B10 team we had Liam Meyer who had one goal and three assists okay and then from the B10 team we had Jordan Kane for four goals and one assist that's a lot that's a lot and then I think from these my personal favorite was from the girls 05 team uh, Ember Jones who scored a goal had two assists and then in the second half, Moved to the goalie position yeah. and had a shutout with four saves. <sighs> it's pretty awesome. Got some legit. Got some studs here, Justin. Yeah. I I think this Danny Burgers guy is a compelling. I candidate. think that the Danny Burgers guy is the least on the list. Okay. Well. Yeah. What did I do? Why am I even on the list? I don't know. I just put your name on there. Did I eat a lot of burgers? No, Justin. No. I went to a fast food place after the games on Saturday, okay. and I didn't even do us proud. I only had two bacon doubles and a McChicken. That's weak. That's <laughs> weak sauce. You're getting, you're slipping in your old age. I'm slipping. 
yeah. that's nowhere close to my high point of two quarter pounders, Daniel, two large many, fries, and forty McNuggets. I wonder how many burgers Tyson Portman would eat? What kind of depends on if he's cutting weight or not. Setting for your son, Daniel. <laughs> All I know is I am not setting an example that lives up to his name of Anchor. <laughs> oh, you mean Kerr? Steve? No, Kerr. Oh. Kerr and Duh. Those are your kids' names. My kid was getting buckets this week, by the way. <laughs> Did you see that new hoop I set up? Baskets. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think all the hoops are amazing. You know what it did? It made it so he had to shoot up and soft. Oh. Yeah. And he You're teaching him out. to get under the ball instead of behind it when he shoots. Exactly. And because he figured out in what, like, ten tries? Less. Probably more like five. <laughs> as yeah. I was discussing with my... And then my son yeah. this week yeah. as we were watching he was like while well, we were watching the Monty versus Sultan game and I won't say who the player was but he said that guy shot is terrible <laughs> and I said yeah it makes me want to vomit and he was like why is it so bad and I was like because when he shoots he has his hand behind the ball and he's slingshotting it instead of getting underneath it and shooting it up mm. so let ju- Andrew so you know when you're playing basketball you want to shoot up I actually do know that. You want to shoot up? Yeah. When you're playing basketball. <laughs> I I always I always make fun of the uh, the, the free throwers yeah. that the the free throw people that like hop up and then throw the ball like directly at the basket. I also the shack move. I also always make fun of people. I yeah. I've learned literally everything I know from basketball from like you and Noel. Wow, you yeah, didn't. You haven't. It. You haven't like gathered a single thing from what no, I said. No, no I right. discount everything you say. He wow. blatantly ignores you on purpose. Lying. Wow, Justin, That's I know where I'm leaning. Also, actually, <laughs> I've got two thoughts on this. Okay, one, Tander Gabe Ol- Godwell, not Babe Godwell. Okay, <laughs> Tander Olson. <laughs> yeah, while being the third leading scorer on her team, yeah, impacted that game like no other. Yeah, she really did. She also has the bias that we watched it. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> on the real. admitted bias. The other thing was that uh was the goals. Yeah. The goals girl. Ember Jones. Ember Jones. From the GO five team. What do you think? Those those are the two where I'm leaning. It's <sighs> a hard choice. I know. Like the bulldog inside of me is like Tander Olsen. Right? But then I'm looking like so awards are often given by storyline. And the storyline is Ember Jones had an awesome offensive first half and she was like, I'll go try being a goalie. <laughs> and then she shut out the other team with four saves. Right. Freeing up the actual goalie to go score. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, Emmy's like, Hold up, guys. <laughs> it's so I had hard. a shutout and then I went and scored. Yeah. Yeah. Calm so, down, Emmy. You're awesome. We all know it. <laughs> Everyone knows you're good. <laughs> But they won that game 8-0. Yeah. So then I'm like... It was a blowout. Yeah. The downgrade of the blowout. Do we... I feel like we penalize it, it goals might be teams. Yeah. I feel like we penalize goals teams for being that much just just awesome. We absolutely do. Hmm. Um, so if you... Oh, boy. This right? is tough. It's so tough. Because then also, like, I'm, I was so torn in the game between Teander Olsen and Jilly Dalen. 
Because they both were awesome. Yeah. Jilly led the team in points and rebounds, and yet somehow wasn't our player of the game. Our player of the game (laughs) because T. Ander had eight steals. Eight steals, ten rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like. It's almost a double double. It was so. It It was almost a triple double because she scored seven points, (laughs) too. So I I jinxed her, Andrew. It was my fault. I said she's on her way to a double double. You. Oh. I screwed it up. It was all my bad. Yeah. Oh, Eddie just threw something into your court, Justin. Yeah. Did you see what he said? Did I, he send it to you too? I did. I, well, I don't know. He said <laughs> Ember Jones is a bulldog. <laughs> I mean, can I be honest with you? Did no, you know that already? I didn't know that, but I was already kind of leaning that way. Also, Ember because is a sick name. The story of like, it's just so awesome. It's pretty cool. Like the idea that I'm gonna go be awesome on offense in the first half, and then in and as a just massive pivot i'm gonna go do something that i don't do and be awesome at that in the literally half. the only position in soccer that is like opposite of everything else in soccer yeah like hey we all use our feet and run around a lot yeah. and now i'm gonna use my hands and stand here <laughs> also <laughs> tander is a freshman and she's gonna be athlete of the week a lot of times <laughs> is that unfair to say having come no. from you're talking to the person who earlier this season made a very bold and horrible claim about another freshman. So, yeah. no, I'm 100% with you. Um, so, like, with a huge nod to what Monty Girls basketball yes. accomplished and Teander Olsen and Jilly Dalen yep. and Lex Stanfield and all those girls, like, awesome We'll have job. a Monty Girls basketball athlete of the week next week. Most likely. They're the only team playing next week. Yeah. I, I just love the – for some reason, that storyline of what Ember did just grabbed me. I love it. Super All right. cool. Recap it yet again. So All Ember yours. Jones, after having, let's see, a goal and two assists in the first half for the goals BO5 team, which is real good, by the way, uh, also then was like, uh, you know what? I'll be goalie. Second half. Had four saves and a second half shutout. So for your and freed up Emmy Spencer, the regular goalie, to go score a goal. Yes. In the game. Yeah. So for that performance, Ember Jones, you are gonna be our Spivey Athlete of the Week. Congratulations. And unfortunately, I'm sorry, you have peaked. This is the greatest <laughs> accomplishment possible. Congratulations, Ember. You can still get a bucket getter. Does that she was, play basketball? I don't know. That was awesome. Yeah. Well done, Ember. All right, Justin, that leaves us with one more discussion. Yeah. You, I don't know. Should we have it this week or should we have it next week? Let's just do it now. Okay. It's been a long show. Yeah. You want to do it now? Sure. We have We've got four more minutes before it's two hours. Two and a half. Did we start at three? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. This is a long one. Hannah wants us to leave so bad. So bad. She hasn't even given me any food. She hates you. Yeah, I know. She likes me, though. Oh. <laughs> oh, here's the food. Oh, my gosh. She brought me food. Okay, Daniel, you shove some food in your face, and I'll start the conversation. I would love for you to start this conversation. Right. But the also, conversation. But also, I want, I want the credit. <laughs> I asked for this conversation to be brought up. <laughs> you did. You st- how about this? You start, then I'll go for a long time so you can shove some food in your Sounds face. great. Okay. When we started the bucket getter certification, yeah. we had some criteria that mm-hmm. we listed out. Yeah. 
it was scoring by volume on all levels and scoring with consistency consistency and creating your own shot yes this was an award that we thought maybe we'll give it to one person every year maybe we'll give it to a boy or a girl every year maybe we'll do both maybe, maybe we'll won't, do neither maybe we won't give it to anybody you have to be extremely deserving of this award yeah every year we've had people on the watch list right the first year it was two kids who ended up playing at the next level yeah it was well one cure gardener yeah. oh right and well michael orton watkins no, he was the next year. Oh, okay. It oh, you're right. It was uh, Trey Seidel. Trey Seidel. You're right. Both of them moves on to play at the next level. Right. The next year, it's Michael Lorton Watkins. Yeah. And didn't we give it to McKinley Dalen? We did, yeah. And and McKinley played Division One. She's playing Division One basketball di- now. Yeah. Michael could have played college basketball but chose not to. Right. This year... Our watch list included a girl who transferred out of the area. Yeah. Barely. But yeah. Adna. Yeah. Ugh. You're dead to us. Now. Having a good yeah. season, though, Adna. Oh, real good season. They just knocked off a three seed. Yeah. <sighs> Makes me upset. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> She's breaking all kinds of records. Now. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Our bucket getter watch list kind of took some twists and turns this year. It really did. But one of the guys who was kind of on our preseason watch list, I think has been very underrated this year. Mm-hmm. And I think me and you have done a a decent amount of that underrating because of different circumstances. You have. Get out of here. <laughs> you shut your mouth. But the game at Rochester. Against the center. Against the center blew me away. Yeah. And it also opened my eyes to a different side. It's not necessarily a part of our criteria, mm-hmm. but I think what I love about the game so much is the leadership and the flexibility of this player. I don't think we should discount that while he has not been the primary scorer every game, the fact that that has been more what's best for the team shouldn't take away from the fact that this kid in my mind should be up for discussion for a certified bucket getter. And that's Tyce Peterson. This kid has shown it from the longevity standpoint. I mean, shoot, has he been playing on varsity since he's been a freshman? Yes. He's done it. He's shown it at all levels, close range, mid range, long range. He can create a shot. We've yep. seen it so much this year. Absolutely. He can take over a game. Yeah. He can score with volume. Yeah. 32 points in a playoff game. Yeah. In a loser out playoff game. I think that the only reason why we even question consistency is because he recognized the need of his team was to be more of the playmaker ball control side of things rather than the scorer realizing that that's what his team needed more and that's what he stepped into. Yeah. So that's what I want to bring to this discussion is Tice Peterson. Is he a certified bucket getter? And the only reason I think we're questioning this is because he shifted his role because 
he felt like that's what his team needed more of this season. So I would say, um, and I'll go ahead and just say it from the from the jump here. I'm incapable of being unbiased on this because, like, this is my son's team, and I've known Tice for a real long time. Coached him in multiple sports when he was in grade school, and I think the, in addition to the athletic prowess of this person, um, the character of Tice is like over the moon. Like he's, he's an incredible person. He's a great athlete. He's an incredible person. And early in this, like last season as a junior, Tice was in a situation where like, Oh shoot, I'm the only guy who can really put the ball in the hoop because part of that was number one, there's no Delon Chan. Number two, like a lot of these guys that we see who stepped up and scored a lot of points otherwise weren't really scoring last year. And so he was the bucket getter on the team. And like, you know, I had a conversation with another coach from the league recently that was like, yeah, it was kind of easy to game plan. Like Tice can be taken out of games sometimes because, you know, he's the only guy who can score, but he still manages to go get some buckets. Um, This year, with the emergence of Delon Chan, which, as we already mentioned, like this is an exchange student. Nobody knew he was not recruited. The coaches didn't know him until November. Mm. He stepped in. It was like, oh, man, this guy has a really great ability to put the round thing into the other round thing. Like he's he can shoot and he can score inside and he's great. And Tice was like, all right, well, obviously, I'm still going to get my buckets when I needed. But he stepped so immediately and selflessly into a distributor slash defense slash I'm going to do whatever the team needs role. And his game is so well-rounded that he was able to do that. And like, if you had asked me, you know, 12 games into the season, I would have probably said, ah, you know, not really like Tice is kind of, he's a great player and he's done exactly what the team needed, but he's sort of taken himself out of the bucket getter conversation by doing that. And then as the season starts to go on, we get deep into league play, we get into playoffs, and then, like, randomly, you know, DeLon's jumper kind of goes, and other teams start to realize, oh, crap, this guy's really good, so they put extra attention on him. When the team needed it, Tice stepped up to be the scorer right, and led the team in scoring many times. And the fact that that happened so quickly. It happened on on the like on a dime like he turned on a dime to be like oh this is what the team needs the team doesn't need me to be the distributor anymore the team needs me to score i'll go do that right and his basketball iq is so high that he was able to make that adjustment really quickly yeah and even if like going into the la center game i would have been like you know i'm not sure like he's done really great like obviously what he's done for the basketball team has been selfless and amazing but I don't know, like bucket getter is kind of a different specific thing. Right. And then he, the show that he put on against the center in that elimination district game was like, it just showed me like, this is inside of him. Like he has it, yes. you know, at any moment, at any given moment, all this could be unleashed. Yeah. And he has just decided to defer. Mm-hmm. Like he's decided that the best thing for the team is for me to let other people cook. And, as much as I'm like, you know, Tice's character is amazing, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, that is the ultimate explanation. It's the ultimate example of who Tice is as a person. 
that he said, and 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 I'll just throw this out there. Like he knew going into the season, he's on the bucket getter watch list. Yeah. Like he cares about it. Yeah. And the fact that he was like, like I kind of know there's some stuff that's important to me. He wants to play college basketball, but I want to win. Like I'm going to go win. I'm going to do everything to help the team win. Right. But that was inside of him all along. What he unleashed on La Center in an unreasonable and rude way <laughs> is like the epitome of what a certified bucket getter is. Absolutely. I'm not sure I can say it any better than that. No one can. <laughs> so that that's where we sit, yeah. right? Andrew, what do you think? Bouncy ball uh, hoop game. Yeah. Well, hearing our description. Wait, what do I think about what? Yes. <laughs> do you think, are we pressing too much? Because Justin obviously has bias and because I have some because I like this kid a lot. If or want, does it make a lot of sense what we're saying with w the adjustments he made to help his team out specifically? If you wonder whether I have bias, I will show you the picture of the hug I shared with Tice after the game that sent them to state. You like, have a picture of it? What did you do? Take a selfie? Someone took a picture of oh, my okay. hug with Tice after okay. the game, and I love him. Like he's a great kid, and at, like on a athletic level, I love him, and on a personal level, I love him. Right. I don't have a good way to like. I cannot judge Tice. My only concern is that I feel like the bucket getter is such an elite award. Right. Do you want to award a bucket getter based on what someone has in them? Or do you want to award a bucket getter only based on what they have done? My wife and just I, sent me a text I and don't said have I talk feelings too much. about this. I'm just like, that's my, my thought. When I hear you guys talking about this, I'm like, it sounds like you could have been a bucket getter. Do we want to expand the bucket getter? criteria to, to people who would have been so, bucket getters if they needed to be. So I think what you're saying is, is when we talk about our rules and our criteria for this longevity, the different levels, but the consistency is what you're bringing up. Yeah. And I'm not saying that he wasn't or couldn't have been consistent. I'm just, is but it he didn't show based it based on yeah. potential and ability or is it award an award based on results. I don't know what his That's average. That's kind of a, a decision you guys need to make. I don't know what right. his average throughout the course of the season was, but I would imagine it's still pretty high. Yeah. Because he's still, I mean, like probably in the 12 to 14 range. Right. Because he still scored a lot in several games. Like he had some big games. Right. So I think. Anytime it's... you put up over 30 in a game. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and like the measure of consistency, like. When you look at those uh, district um, programs and it has everyone's average points, right. a lot of teams' leading scorer is like 15, 16. If, if that. Yeah. 15 is a lot of points. 15 per game is a ton. <laughs> I mean, well, that kid's 19, but that's because Hoquiam only <laughs> had one score. Um, for Kingsway, it was 15. For the center, it was 16. 
DeLon was at 20. Tice was at 10. And I think that... And that, that was, was early. I think that was submitted mid-season. Was, I think DeLon probably ended up at more like 17 or 18, and which is Tice, still a lot. Yeah, and Tice probably ended up more at around 12-ish. 12 to 14, I'd say. It's somewhere in that range. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Seton Catholic, great team. Their leading score was 14.8. Was that Caden Wilson? That was Caden that Wilson. good. A freshman. Jeez. Dude, he's like six. He's going to be really good. He's six he's four guard. Out. Get out of here. their varsity leading scorer was a freshman? Yeah. yeah. He's Dang. built like a man, though. And he's a 6'4 guard. He's awesome. Get he, out of here. He dunked on us. Yeah, that's that's rough. It's okay. He'll leave in the transfer window. Probably. probably. His dad's a coach. Yeah. So they'll probably, <laughs> they'll probably both leave. Yeah. See ya. Uh, Stevenson. Dude, really? You averaged 18 points a game? That can't be right. Which guy? Was it the guard or the... 6'3". The... Uh, 6'3 guard. Yeah, that that kid was pretty good, though. But, like, he he uh, didn't shoot well when we watched him no. play. No. Uh, yeah. 9-0. Scow is... Holy... No way. Scow averaged 27 a game? That's not a joke. That kid's really good. Like, he scored over 30... I, I did the count. I think he scored over he 38 scored. times this year. <laughs> I was going to say... No, scout, no, no, like, I'm not one to Did sit. everybody want, to, nobody want to play defense? I'm not here to say Daniel good things about it. Offended Look, here's the thing. I'm offended. Average. No, no, no. I'm not here to say good things about Tenino. I would have been living inside his shorts. Noah's. <laughs> I would have set up residence. Noah Scout is really good. I don't care. He's also, like, seven inches taller than you. He's only... Three and a half inches taller than me. <laughs> That's obscene. He scored 27 points a game? Yes. I believe that. I If they are saying that, I believe that's true. Well, good thing we don't cover to nine out. <laughs> he's, no, like, legitimately, he's really good. Like, he's hard to stop because he has a combination of size and athleticism so that people gives... people just decided not to try? It's a... Well, apparently some people tried and couldn't. Oh, here, let's try and do normal things to stop a guy. I mean, uh, no, you need to stop doing normal things. Gabe Don't Bodwell. help anybody. Gabe Bodwell. Did Gabe have the illicit instructions to never leave him? I don't care if he has the ball or not sit in his shorts, no matter what. For and did half, he do it? And he shut him down. Thank you. But there's not a lot of people with Gabe. Do it for a full game. There's not a lot of people with Gabe's size and athleticism out there. That's true. But also, did Gabe do it for the full game? No, he did it for the second half. Yeah, <laughs> because he to wasn't told to until after the first half. Yeah. Because for some reason, coaches think, ah, it'll be fine. I feel like we got on a weird Sorry, here. we got yeah. a weird tagent. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I have, I, I'm coming off a weird place. I just watched some a, really old highlights the other day. <laughs> I watched yours? some really old, really, yours? really, stop it, Your really highlights. old highlights but the other day. Though. Yeah, they were mine. <laughs> All right. Last thing we need to do in this show. Wait. Oh, we can say goodbye to the Russian audience. The Russians will never know the greatness of our show. in Russia. Yeah. Curses. In my book, in my book, if Tice I Peterson. had a book, Tice was a certified bucket game. Tice Peterson, our lone 2023-24 season certified bucket getter. 
Okay. I feel good about it. I feel good about it. I'm I'm with it. Boom. Boom. And on that bombshell. Nailed it. On that bombshell. Congratulations. Congratulations. It is currently our most prestigious award. Yes, it is. It is. So for my trusty co-host, Justin, the most biased Damashevitz. And my co-host, Daniel, I can get a hit off of Jesse Gilbert Hargrove. Said that he's backing <laughs> off this rapidly as we speak. <laughs> and our producer Andrew, I don't know. You really want to define your awards better? Gross. <laughs> Go Cougs. Go Cougs. You've been listening to the scrimmage. Man, that was a long show. But this food is great.